Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host. I have a very special guest here today um, in my kitchen, um, Mr. Chino Moreno. Said it right? Hey, hey, yes, you did. Um, and you're part Chinese and Mexican, correct? Yes, sir. It's a sick mix. Um, respect. I love that. Um, I was just talking to you before we get into the shit that I started drinking coffee. You thought it was kind of weird that I started coffee at almost 50, which it is. Um, but I'm, I'm not enjoying the taste. I'm enjoying the the energy it brings me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's what I was concerned about. I was like, does he, does he like the way it tastes? It yeah. must be like, you know, I guess. It tastes like I, shit, right? Kind of. Well, I can imagine when I first tasted coffee, I didn't like it as a mm-hmm. kid. I was like, what are they drinking? I remember, to me, it reminded me of the smell of my teacher's breath. You know, my third grade teacher's breath. And I was mm. like, this, is, this must be disgusting because it smells bad. It does. It does. Um, but now when I open up a fresh, you know, you know, little little thing of ground yeah or or beans i'm just the smell of it is joyous and every day is it one cup for you uh i do two okay one in the morning or two in the morning no two in the morning back to back i fucked up and had in the afternoon the other day and i just it kept me up all night man it's just yeah my body's not made for it because i have nothing i'm like it's only drug i've pretty much done is coffee yeah i guess yeah yeah Yeah, i think there's a there's there should be a cutoff point i think uh (laughs) afternoon uh, three o'clock maybe Cause I get super high, then I get I take a shit, and then I fucking. Oh, uh, it definitely gets you in that where you know you get you in that. In well, that. that's why people do in the morning, right? It's a good flow. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, fuck, man. We're gonna get into this podcast. So a lot to it. talk about with my man right here. I really appreciate you coming today. Oh yeah, thanks for having um, me. It was cool because I ran into you a couple months ago at the Cure, uh, mm-hmm. Deftone show, and I hadn't seen you in a while. And I've met you throughout my life, the Warp to all that shit with mutual friends, Sergio. This mutual scene of friends, and then. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me like the podcast. I was really, really, really stoked that you liked it. Yeah. I have no idea who's actually been listening to it, but obviously you have. And yeah, so. I, I was kind of mad at you the other day for for uh, leaving us <laughs> hanging for a week. I, I was like, "What's going on?" You texted <laughs> me, and I was like, "Yo, man, what's going on?" I know. I said to drop the Hoy one. Um, yeah. So thank you for being here. Um, for the for the listeners who don't know much about you, obviously, I like to talk some history before we get into what's sure. happening now. But yeah. you were born and raised in Sac- Sacramento, correct? Yes. Yep. And how was that growing up there in Sacramento? It was cool. Um, I mean, you know, obviously I didn't know anything else. I, I grew up in a pretty much uh, stayed in the radius, like a small radius of my neighborhood where I grew up, uh, South Sacramento. Um, it's a place called Oak Park. It was generally um, black and Mexican, lower class uh, um, neighborhood, but uh, but super fun growing up. I mean, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, didn't have... Um, Let's see. I had I had some friends. Stefan, my guitar player, he grew up not too far from me, so uh, maybe I don't know, maybe like ten blocks from me. So, um, so he was like one of my earliest friends, whatever. And he was one of the only kids that uh, was like skateboarding, you know, because uh, at that point, um, well, early on, I, I kind of went from that transition from break dancing, which Sick. was which was that was popping in the neighborhood big time. So I had a lot of friends and uh, you know music. A lot of like the early hip hop stuff was like big in the neighborhood. So yeah. Like, breakdancing culture was like pretty big and then uh from there i got i got i was introduced to skateboarding and then like my whole life was just revolved around that so like uh and this is probably i don't know say when i was like 11 10 11 years old yeah. um and i met stefan he lived up the street from me but he was one of the other kids in the neighborhood who skateboarded so then through him i met a bunch of other skateboarders that kind of lived like you know uh, speckled around the neighborhood yeah and we all sort of just like would converge at his house um and just skate in front of his house and awesome yeah he had he had um at that time he he his mom let let pretty much everybody like like uh take over the garage and uh it would be like everybody would kind of bring whatever random gear they had and just like 
put it in there and just like yeah. figure out how to play it. And that's kind of how we started doing music from that. Wow. So, all right. So how old were you? How old were you then? Uh, it was probably about mm, 13, 14 years 13, old. 13, So you break dance and then, so could you do before like. Before that, uh, that break dance was before that. Yeah. So you're a hip hop kid first. Yeah, totally. Could you do windmills and stuff? Uh, I could never do windmills, man. I, that was like one pop thing that I, I yeah, I, I was more into like, yeah, pop locking and then, um, and, uh, and I, I would do some break dance and stuff. We had a little crew and stuff at school Sick. and stuff like that, but that was like fifth and sixth grade. Um, and uh, I was like, you know, hardcore into it where like, you know, I'd wear like well, one knee pad to school Sick. and like, you know, like whatever, just so I could, we could just like get down and, you know, at school too. And during recess and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and how were you? Did you like school? Um, I did. Well, then I did, um, uh, you know, junior high school, um, when it, uh, or high school, or sorry, elementary school throughout junior high school a little bit. But then in high school, I started to get, I liked the social part of it. You know what totally, I mean? Me too. Uh, so I would just go to school just to hang out basically. <laughs> yeah. Bad grades. It got bad. And then I, my grades started slipping pretty bad. And, Me uh, too, man. Yeah. A lot of distractions. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, you know, um, you know, it, it wasn't even girls then yet. It was still like skateboarding and just hanging out and music and like just like lunchtime and and you know and then just like going to school to meet friends and then leaving school like we'd hang yeah, out yeah, at the yeah. coffee shop or the donut shop and skate behind it and that was it. Were your parents strict about grades and stuff? Or? They were, but um, what's crazy is that my my parents were got divorced. Um, they were going through a divorce like like the end of when I was when I was just about to turn sixteen. Okay, so. Because they were kind of like dealing with their own like adult stuff, whatever. Like, I kind of was slipping through the crowd. It was like easy for me to like get away, get away with, with shit, get yeah. away with whatever because they weren't paying attention because they were, you know, dealing with their own stuff. Which, you know, now I can totally see how that you know could happen. Yeah, and that's what happened. So, um, wow. because of that, like that's when I started to like just. I wasn't bad. Like I never really got in trouble. I've never gotten arrested in my life. Me never, either. You know. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, never. Never. never uh, you know. Um, I've always been pretty good for the most part i mean i've you know gotten away with a couple things here and there but like more i mean more or less i just like would you know if you gave me a little bit i would just like i would take it but like uh or you give me a little line i, w I would take it but never too far like i i, I didn't i never wanted to be in trouble like i was yeah. always i don't know if it's being afraid of being in trouble or whatever but like are disappointing my parents or yeah, whatever yeah. like i so like you know i i was bad to an extent but not not really like i was actually like a good kid because of that. Yeah. Did yeah. you up, did you graduate? I did not. Oh, so yeah. So what happened was I I I got I made it to my senior year and then um I uh I got kicked out. Of, basically, my attendance was was horrible because my attendance was really bad. My my I I had a decent amount of credits. I could have probably graduated on time. Yeah. But uh, my attendance was really bad, and you know they kept trying to make me go to like Saturday school and all this other stuff, whatever. And then I just wouldn't go, and like there'd be <laughs> yeah. nobody enforcement, whatever. So I was like, yeah. Um, so then they sent me to continuation school. Okay. So I went to continuation school, um, and uh, and it was kind of a trip because like everybody in there was pretty much like, like the la like on the last kind of thing of school. You know what I mean? To me, I felt yeah. like like I could have turned myself around if they would just gave me a chance, but they sent me there, and then I felt like completely like a lot of the 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 girls there like some a lot of them were like pregnant and stuff like that. Yeah. The guys like they had kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. These were like high schoolers. Um. Some of the kids were just like, like it was basically that that last line of kids that like haven't completely given up. Like they still like figure they're just gonna finish school, whatever. Yeah. But I just felt really out of place there, and I went there and I worked up some credits and I got whatever. But 
that was exactly that time too when my parents were like not really paying attention to me and also like I would just like my mom would wake me up in the morning and say you know get up go to school and she'd go to work my dad wasn't there um um so she wake me up, go to school. I say, okay, mom. I get up. I'd go to the bathroom, and then she'd be gone. I'd go right back to bed and sleep for Damn, another couple of hours. Like in the movies and shit. Yeah, yeah. and then I'd I'd get on my skateboard and I'd I'd skate up to school or or there or my old school and meet some of my old friends, and then we just hang out during lunch and whatever. So it was like, wow. I would like go to be there, but I wouldn't. You know, it was like whatever. And then, and the band actually was 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 going on then too. Okay. So which is kind of crazy. So I started um, at that point, like right around that same time. I moved out and I moved in with Chi, our bass player. Yes. And um, he lived in these apartments by the college. He was in he was in college, a couple years older than me, so he was yeah. in college at the time. And um, uh, as long as he was going to school, his dad was paying half the, the rent at this one-bedroom apartment. So at that time, he was living there with his girlfriend. His girlfriend broke up. I was staying there, like staying the night there all the time, like after practice and everything. And, yeah. And fine. And. Uh, and finally, his him and his girlfriend broke up. So like, I moved right in, <laughs> and we shared a bedroom, like a one bedroom, like little little spot by the college. And I got a job at the dining commons where for the uh, kids that lived in the dorms. Okay. And um, was that your first job? Yeah. Uh. Well, was it my first job? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I had like paper route. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. Uh. What else did I do? No, I don't think it was pretty much like one of my first jobs. Yeah. Kind of crazy. And was that your first band? Is it was this? Is this yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so so you, you never sang before, have you? No, no, I never wow. did. I mean, I would sing like you know we were talking about Morrissey or like whatever. Yeah. I would listen to like like Morrissey records and Cure records and like yeah. a lot of new wave stuff. New wave kid, yeah. Dur- we talked- Dur- Dur- Duran, I mean uh, Duran Duran and Depeche Mode was probably my favorite band. Still one of my favorite bands. Um, and that was cool because that transition for me was like I was way into like electronic, like you know African Bambada and like like early Sick. like you know breakdancing music yeah, real shit but yeah. like when i heard depeche mode it was like all those same sort of like a like a electronic like they were using all the same gear like all the same yeah, keyboards yeah. and all that stuff whatever and the drum machines and stuff so yeah it was like like kind of hip-hop music like had that vibe to it but like there was melody and like there's like these romantic you know macabre lyrics and like mm-hmm. things that just like you know poetic things that as a young kid i was just like drawn to you yeah know? and then uh so it was like a marriage of those two things so like that's that was one of my favorite bands for you know forever, and it still probably is. Depending yeah, on what, yeah. What's crazy is that you get into skateboarding at that time, and because for me, when I got into skateboarding, it was connected to punk rock, and that was like the soundtrack. But when you get into it, you really weren't listening to punk rock. You were you into skateboarding. No, not that really. I mean, soundtrack. You know, what's crazy is that like not until high school. I mean, I did listen to some stuff. Like I liked the Circle Jerks, and I liked um, um, I liked Bad Brains, and I liked. Uh, you know, I didn't know too much though. I didn't. Yeah, I knew yeah, some yeah. staples, Dead Kennedys. I knew yeah. like some staple kind of stuff, whatever. Um, mostly like West Coast stuff, whatever. And yeah, then yeah. I, and then, and then I, uh, and that was just from you know uh, having you know some mutual skateboarding friends who turned me on to that kind of stuff. But I was still like stuck in my new new wave thing. It was awesome, like my main bro. thing. So I would turn them on to that. Yeah. And a lot of times, like like even our drummer Abe is so funny. I'd play him like Depeche Mode back then. He was like, oh, they don't even have a drummer. Like <laughs> how, like how you listen to this stuff, whatever. Now he loves them, but it was like yeah. you know. You know, when you're kids, like you, like a lot of kids, like they make up the decision, like what they like, and then they just like that. You know That's what I mean? It, yeah. Yeah. I was like that too. I, I, I appreciate a lot of that music now, later on in life, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite trick, skateboard trick? And were you good? Um, handrails. I, I was, wow. I, yeah. I was like one of the, well, I just ollieing in general. Like, like I, I, I had a really good ollie. Like, uh, so okay. I, I, um, like Mark Gonzalez was my favorite skater. Sick. Um, love Nottis, whatever those two dudes, like street yeah. style. Dudes, so they so like just ollieing and like doing big ollies and ollieing off transitions and then doing steps and then 
I remember opening up a, a, a Thrasher one day and I saw, who was it? It, it might've been the Gons, but it might've been, I don't think so. It was, who was it? Somebody, I, I remember opening up and seeing like someone doing a handrail and I was like, I'm going to learn how to do that. Damn. And I like, you know, trial by error. I just kept like, I went to, I found like this, this smaller handrail. I think it was only like three steps and it was sort of low, a little lower. Yeah. So I just went and I would practice on it every day until I learned it. And then like, I was stoked because I felt like I was one of the first kids in Sacramento, like, like doing handrails. And then like awesome. a couple months later, there's people like grinding down handrails. And I was just like, well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not about that. Like, that's yeah. just like danger right there. Yeah. But board sliding them, that was like, that was, so then I would just like, I would go around town and just find any handrail and get Holy kicked out of spots shit. all the time. And, um, it's cool. I, I actually got like, the other day I found a, like a batch of, of pictures, um, you know, just like a, we used to take our cameras out. You know, we didn't have phones. Free and stuff phones, like that. yeah. So, so we were just like, and, uh, and then develop them. So I got like some really cool pictures of me, like, you know, probably like 15 years old, like busting handrails and stuff like that. That's amazing. I'd show them to my daughter because she doesn't believe that I can still <laughs> re still really skate, you know. You still skate now? I do. And I and I collect skateboards. So I have like a whole a whole garage just like full of, you know, whatever. And That's cool. So I'm like more like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into like, just like, you know, I don't like do any tricks anymore. Like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I go from A to B and ride and. Um, like I, when I pulled up to your pad, I was like, yeah, this, this neighborhood's rad I know, for, said to me, yeah. for just like, <laughs> like getting out of your skateboard and, and riding to the store, you know, to yeah. market and like, you know, whatever. Like I, I, that's, that's the life that I like about, you know, skateboarding. Yeah. I love in, the, in those magazines. It was like, there was a sequence shot. So you, you learned how to do a trick by looking at the, the magazine. Pictures, yeah. It wasn't a video. It was just step this, by steps. It's fucking it. yeah. crazy though that like. Now every, everything is yeah. so advanced, obviously. Um, so I, I think I read, I did read something. I was going to ask you like your first exposure to music. The first thing you heard was it Casey and the Sunshine Band? Is that is that real? Yeah, yeah. Sick. I mean, but that's like I'm talking like I was probably like three or four years oh, old. Yeah, okay, okay, so okay, that's okay. like one of my fondest memories of music is like listening to like, you know, do a little dance, make a little yeah. love, like you know, li like in my parents' car or whatever, and just like, you know, it's disco. Awesome. I guess you know. Late, yeah, yeah. Did you have brothers and your brothers and sisters? I do. I have one older sister, and I have uh, a younger sister, and two younger brothers. Were they into the same stuff you were into or no? Uh, my older sister, she's the one that tur that turned me on to um to Duran Duran. Okay. Like when she, so so she was like into uh, uh she was way into them and because she was into them, I like I looked up to her. I still do to this day. So it's awesome. But um, uh, so like whatever she liked, I just like was like, what's this? So I, so I got into Duran Duran. It was pretty funny too because like. They're, they were pretty much like like one of the first boy like they were considered a boy band which is kind of crazy back then yeah um like guys really didn't like them you know what I mean but they were like a Coldplay back then may, maybe <laughs> I don't know I um, love Coldplay I'm the same people always say oh it's a girl band whatever but. yeah but uh, but with Duran Duran because they were all you know like uh, you know they had hairstyles and they were you oh, know, cute true. guys whatever like all the girls liked them and guys it wasn't really a thing but musically like even if you look back and now like the, musically they were like a great great band I mean mm -hmm. like. Like all of them as musicians, uh, Simon as a singer, as a lyricist, everything. So that was like one of my first like bands that I really got into, and I was really like, um, and it was all because of my big sister. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that your first uh, live show you went to, a live concert? You know what? I didn't. Um, I did go to um, when I was real little, like maybe like eight years old or something. I went to saw Evelyn Champagne King at the fair with my parents, <laughs> and that was pretty cool. I mean. Um, Still, it was like kind of the disco era, kind yeah, of still yeah. whatever. Um, but you know, kind of like R and B, a little soul, kind of whatever. Um, and that was that was awesome. I still like her, but um, but the first concert that I actually like went to and like and and like my you know like without my parents got dropped off yeah. to and went to myself wasn't until I was about fifteen, 
16 years old and that was i i saw depeche mode on the violator tour oh shit and um like worked my way you know as general admission worked my way all the way to the barricade and just sat there and just like like that was when i like thought to myself like this is what i want to do with my life i want to i want to like i want to like run around and sing and play music and yeah whatever maybe not this kind of music but whatever i just like it was like seeing a concert of that magnitude too because it was it was like yeah that's fucking it's a big tour yeah and at that time it was like my favorite record so you're going to see your you know your favorite band play your favorite record you know what i mean yeah and they're from like to me especially because i hadn't really left i mean i didn't leave sacramento until like literally like go anywhere out of the city until deftone started touring like when i was 20 so so in my mind like i just know my neighborhood and i know whatever and this band is from england to me it's so far away and yet they're coming and playing in sacramento in this town and it was just like i don't know just otherworldly you know seeing that stuff live for the first time yeah so then so then the deftone starts when you're in school yeah yeah we were in uh 10th grade yeah we started and who 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 named the band stefan okay yeah and um it, it, it was and it was only because we were going to play our first show which was uh like we were playing a barbecue one of our friends like a barbecue and they um and there was another band like that there was another big band in town called fallacy and they were like two years older older than us they went to the same school and um still our friends now um uh but yeah that, like so they were playing the party there it was like uh, a keg party whatever they were <laughs> they were playing it and we said can we play but play before you whatever because your gears are gonna be there whatever yeah so we played it and then we needed a name and stefan said that we were we were called the deftones and i was like i was like okay like i didn't even like think about anything more than that and then i did kind of ask him like well why that he's like because you know deaf is like you know it's like hip-hop it's like deaf you know (laughs) tones it sounds like an old and like an old school band and people are gonna think they already know who we are and I was like, cool. okay, whatever. I mean, you know, it's like very, like the way he was, it was thinking. I mean, you know, I was like, whatever. It didn't make a lot, in like <laughs> retrospect, it did, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense, whatever. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, but it was funny because like once we started like really doing shows, everybody thought we were a ska band because there was like I thought that I was gonna say I heard the name before I even heard you. I was like, is yeah, that a ska band. Yeah. yeah. So then like everybody like you know we were trying to book shows and everything like people just thought we were a ska band. Holy you shit! Know? So did it um. So it was no college for you then. Obviously, it was just straight to music. Yeah. And were your parents cool with I mean... Yeah, I mean, they were pretty supportive. I mean, the first time that we actually had a real practice where we weren't in Stefan's Garage and we, um, and we like, booked out of, like, a little rehearsal spot downtown Sacramento. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told my dad, I was like, I asked my dad, I said, can you give me a ride to practice? And he's like, practice? What practice? I said, band practice. He's like, you're in a band? I was like, well, I'm trying to be. I'm going to try out, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh... Cause we'd always, like I said, in Stevens Garage, we everybody would jam. Yeah. And we, I'd pick up anything. Like I'd pick up the drums. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to be a drummer. Like I, you know, I just love everybody loves, loves playing drums. You can play, right? It's just fun. Um, not, I mean, I can play. I keep a beat. I can, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm not good. Yeah. But yeah. I love playing. It's just fun, right? Yeah. Every, especially when you're a kid, it's like banging on totally. stuff. It's fun. So, I, that's what I want. You know, I wanted to play drums, and I would go and I Stefan play guitar, and I would just jam with them stuff. One day I brought Abe over, and then, and uh. And he played with Stefan, and then Stefan was like, you know, like I, I, I didn't belong to the drums anymore. Obviously, Abe's been, <laughs> Abe been playing. He'd been playing drums since he was like three years old. Like oh, his, shit. he grew up. His parents were musicians and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. so, um, so he was always good. Like when we were, you know, in junior high school together, he was like awesome. Yeah. Like I'd go to his house, and he, I would be like, um, like he, his whole bed, his bedroom was like, like half the size of this like area right here where I was like tiny, and he had a drum set 
in his room and then it, like his bed was on the floor like whatever oh, shit. so it's like you know he just woke up and played drums all the time and i remember awesome. going to his house after school one day and like um I like I asked him to play like a bullet the blue sky by U2 and he was just like Great song. you know just played like playing the beat and I was just like and it sounded just like it and I was like looked at him I was like this dude is awesome and like <laughs> and everything he could just like hear anything and just play anything yeah um and you know he's just this real skinny kid he's like unassuming you would not think that he just yeah, be yeah, yeah. like ripping and uh since since I've known him he's been an awesome drummer so I brought him over to Seven's house one day and he just started just like those two just started jamming and they locked in right away yeah. so then i was out of a job i was like well i need something to do and then stefan was like hey man what well, you you can sing he's like i hear you sing like all the time like you're always singing danzig and morrissey stuff and whatever he's like he's like i know you can sing he's like okay so here's what we're gonna start two bands one's gonna be a punk band we're gonna be called green card and um because <laughs> most of us were mexican in the band it was like whatever awesome. he's like we're gonna be called green card he's like and then we're gonna have another band to be a metal band and it's gonna be called uh animosity or something like that it was like whatever and he's like okay and we're gonna whatever and he's like i want you to sing for both bands and blah blah and i was like he this is he actually called me on the phone like one day after i was hanging out at his house and i was like okay okay he's like okay and we're gonna get a um we're gonna get a a, a little spot uh downtown it's five dollars an hour to practice here so i was like okay cool so then like i said my dad gave me a ride there i told him i was trying out for a band or two bands whatever <laughs> and uh and that day we just started writing songs and um oh, shit and those two can play like stefan's always been like really um like solid like you know yeah. he's not like the most expressive player where he's just like all over the fretboard but he, he's very solid and he plays yeah. he'll play everything the same the same every time he plays it like you know he's really like uh i don't know what's a good word for it, but he's like that's his consistent his, he's very consistent and uh and creative, but but he's yeah. very but he's very consistent. And um and Abe is like I said, always been really good. So they started playing together, and it was like, like if I can be in this band, like I'll I'll be in a band that's already good in, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. So I thought like I have to figure out how to sing. And um and uh, it was weird at first. I mean, like you know, I was still kind of singing like what I what I was listening to. So it was like Morrissey and and stuff like that. And I was yeah. trying to sing that kind of stuff over like you know they're kind of like more like medley kind of riffs, whatever. Yeah. And it didn't work at first. I mean, eventually kind of the band kind of now it's kind of like our forte. It's like, there's, totally. there's you know, whatever. But then it was like, it just didn't have the right formula yet or whatever. So then I was, was like, nothing oh. like that though. Yeah. So then I was just like, okay, well I know I can rap and I know I can, I can scream whatever. So I was like, I'll just do that because I know I can do that. Like, mm -hmm. like anybody can scream. Yeah. And, and I knew I can rap because I used to like rap a lot too, like in high school oh, and stuff shit. like that. And, um, like we go to like, like football games and stuff whatever like like the um you know the, the high school football games and go underneath the bleachers and like dudes would just meet up and then cipher like and cipher and just people start rapping and i don't know why i had that confidence wow. back then but i would like go in there with like you know with whoever and i would just start like rapping and freestyling stuff too whatever Damn. um and uh i wouldn't say that i was great but like i just had confidence to do it it's cool so um so yeah so then i started kind of like kind of rapping but it wasn't so much rap it was just like more rhythmic sort of like uh, approach to yeah to, to it whatever yeah so i mean and that's kind of like the first kind of things that we you know sound like when we started to figure out what kind of band we were that's kind of how how it, you know started yeah and you started writing songs we, we had you well funny enough stefan would uh like the first like three or four songs like when i showed up that day at the thing he's like okay yeah. cool okay here's the lyrics this yeah. song is the uh this song is called the vegetable song it was one of the first songs real because abe's a vegetarian so he'd always <laughs> like you know make fun of them, whatever back then and like uh so our first song was called the vegetable song and it was about like eating your vegetable it was like Holy the shit. most adolescent like whatever but he yeah. wrote the lyrics to it whatever 
And I was like, you know, I don't know how the melody is supposed to go, but I'm just like, okay, here's some words and here's, and I'll make up some melodies or, or cadence, cadence to what, to fit these words. It was a trip. It was like kind of like a school project in a way. You know what I mean? And they loved it and it worked. It did, but it like, I mean, you know, if you listen back to it now, you just be like, you know, I hold, I hold my head. It's like, God, you know what I mean? But like, but yeah, we were kids, so it was, it was okay. You did know you guys I mean? make a demo to get signed or just started playing shows and created the buzz? We did make, um, we did make a demo, but it wasn't that, um, actually, you know what we did? The demo that we got signed on was, um, this was now, this was years later by the time that, cause we didn't do a demo for a long time, but when oh, we sure. did actually do one, this was already, um, probably like 93 or four. Okay. Um, probably 93, I think. But we, we'd, uh, we'd recorded two songs and those two songs actually ended up on our first re- record. Uh, one of them was called uh, Engine Number Nine and one of them was called uh, Seven Words. Okay. And we made this cassette tape demo, just two songs. And we just, you know, just gave it out. We didn't sell it. Or yeah, like yeah. We just gave it to our friends and whatever, this and that. And then... um. We actually came down to LA one of the first times we ever like we would play like sometimes we get lucky and play some shows in San Francisco okay. and stuff like that. Um, we get put on these shows that were like you know twelve band kind of thing starts yeah. at like noon and whatever. And a lot of times we get put with a lot of ska bands because they they thought we were a ska <laughs> band. But we would go in there and we'd yeah. be completely different and like our 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 energy on stage our live show was just like sick. It was like like you know like musicianship wise like and me as a singer wise like I probably was not good at all but like. But like I just would go on stage and just go crazy, yeah. like whatever. And I was just young and just like totally. full of just like you know, whatever. And I would go on the, and, and um, so our live shows were like starting to like get pretty good. Yeah, at least where people were like we'd stick out from the other bands we played totally. with. And Stay then the bills and shit. Yeah, and then we and then we started go, taking trips to like uh, we made one trip down to L.A. and this is how we got signed. We basically we were, we were playing a, a show. We got offered a um, last minute thing. It was like there was this band playing at um. What's the name of the place called? It's Pink Taco now, but it was called. Um, it's on Sunset. It's it was called. Damn, it, I don't know. I can't think of the name of it, but it was like. What are you talking about though? Uh, it was upstairs, and we were, and there was a band that were showcasing, or or they just got a record deal. They were called, um, Black Spade something, whatever. They were like a kind of like a rap rock band or something okay. like that, and someone knew so and so, whatever. I don't know. And we got offered to close the show, oh, so shit. this band was playing. And as soon as they played, everybody left. So, Damn. so it was like we were there. We played for like three people, literally, like the two people that we knew that were you know friends from L.A. And then like, uh, the, I guess one of the other guys was there, knew um, Guy Osiri from uh, Sorry, yeah, from, Maverick. from from Maverick Records wow. at the time. And what year would this be? This would be ninety three or ninety four. Okay. Okay. Yeah, late ninety three. Been together maybe. for a while though. Before yeah, that. yeah, because because yeah. like we literally started like eighty nine was yeah. like when we started. But this is like garage, you know, like in yeah, the yeah. in the garage. Like we didn't really, we weren't really a band. We were just like you know, call ourselves a band, but we yeah. didn't really, you know, we didn't even have a name basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, what we did have that two song tape, and then whoever got that to Guy Osiri, whatever, and it was crazy. It was like we, at that time, um, Chi and I worked at at Tower Records, um, yeah. but we worked at the warehouse because. Like, Tower Records is based out of Sacramento. I don't know if okay. a lot of people know that. I didn't know or that, it used no. to be. So the warehouses were there in West Sacramento. And so like all the um we worked in the magazine department. So like all the the magazines that went to all the towers all around the world, like we boxed those and shipped them to different stores. I remember so those that, magazines, yeah. yeah. So that was our that, not not just the Pulse magazine, but like all like you know, like every uh, Tower Records had a 
a little magazine yeah, rack. Yeah, section. Yeah, okay. So like all the music magazines. Okay. So it was like one of the funnest jobs ever because it was like this is pre-internet too. So it was yeah. like it was like we'd go there and just read magazines, all like NMEs and Melody NMEs, Makers yeah. and all these stuff. So finding out about music all over the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's awesome. So we, you know. Like we got our, and we were like right on the cusp. Like we knew everything. Like before everybody else knew it. Like the periodicals, we would we would read them before we they even get sent out to the stores. Holy shit! Of the press. So, so that was fun awesome. for us. To, like fun way to kind of like learn more about music yeah. too. Like just outside of your you know um, area. So yeah. But yeah, we were at work there, and we got a call there, and the guy was like, "Yo, can you guys? You know, you guys want to come and and do a um, what do you call it? Like showcase. The showcase. Yeah. Like we went to a." Uh, Polk or was it Polk? Or was it no? Uh, what's the name of the little place over here? Um, I forget the name of it. It's where Rage recorded their record. Uh, oh to, shit! Uh, too, it's like this little rehearsal spot over here. Okay. But basically, we went over there and um, and like they we set up our gear and they came and set two chairs. It was it was Guy and Freddie Demand, Freddie Demand. who's Madonna's Madonna. manager. Yeah, man. I have a Madonna tattoo. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. So okay. So this this will go into a good story for you then. I want to hear it. I know I'm talking a lot, but I guess no. I love okay. this shit, man. So so they go they come in, they sit down, and then like we just like we play, we just start playing a song. We play a song "Root." We just wrote it. It was like, and it was on our first record too. But we were playing it, and the song was was over, and they both were just like staring at us. And I was like, oh shit, I don't know if they like it or not, whatever. And then we said, fuck it. We just went right. We we didn't let, give them time to say anything. We went to another song. We started playing a song. And, and halfway through the song, Freddie stood up and he goes, he's like, stop, whatever. And we were like, oh, shit, this, we must, this whatever. <laughs> he's like, where do I sign? Damn. And I was like, huh? And I was like, he's like, he's like, he's like, you guys, you don't play another note. He's like, he's like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, and, and we were going to, to, uh, to our credit, we were like, we were going like crazy. We were like we were playing a show in there, yeah, like you know course. what I mean. At that time, I I probably weighed like a buck forty. <laughs> you know, you know, I had dread dreads and like you know, I just like I just was like flailing my body all, all yeah. over the room, like to just two people sitting in chairs. It's awesome. They were just like, "What the hell is this?" And whatever. <laughs> and our music was pretty weird. Oh, and then guy and then guy said like, "What?" He's like, he stood. He's like, "Yeah, man, this is interesting to me." He's like, "What do you, what do you listen to?" And I was like, "Well, like." Like bad brains, Sade, like you know, that's my favorite thing. He's just like, huh? Like he's like, yeah, this is weird. Like you know, what I mean, this is like, uh, so, so then, <laughs> so he's like, so he's like, you know, uh, Freddie's like, come by the office right now. They were on Beverly at that time. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's right like, by he, swingers. Yeah, yeah right, right next to swingers. He's like, come to the office, whatever. I want to show you the office, whatever, and blah blah, blah and you know, whatever. And we could talk more about this, and I was like, cool. So I went by myself. Oh, uh, the rest of the guys were like, they were getting on a flight to go back home, mm-hmm. and I ended up staying, like whatever. So. I went to the office. I go in Guy's office, and I'm sitting there in a chair, and he's sitting at his desk, you know, like whatever. And we're just talking more about music, and he's he's asking me, you know, about more about my influences, about just you know what what I he like. He knows the bad brains for sure. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. he's like he's big, like he's big into like uh, like Bob Marley's his favorite artist, so he's like really into like you know whatever. But we were just talking about all kind of stuff, and all of a sudden, like I'm sitting there talking to him, and the door opens behind me, so like kind of whatever. And he starts talking. So he, I'm looking, facing at him, and he's looking over my shoulder. And he starts talking to somebody, this woman. And I just look over, and, and, and Madonna's standing like right next to me, holy fuck, talking to him. And he's like, "Hey, this uh, Michino, he, this is our, our new artist. We're gonna sign, whatever, you know, blah blah." And, uh, and I was like, you know, hot, you know, just like kind of like stunned, whatever. Shit. But as a kid, like, yeah. trust me. I mean, I got pictures of me like break dancing, like with Madonna, like like cut off sleeve Madonna shirts Sad. on like whatever like she so was like, like oh shit yeah I was bugging and then like she smelled like so good too I was just like <laughs> you know what I mean I was just like 
it yeah. was weird it was like it just, as you know like the fir- that was like one of the first famous people i've ever met yeah. too so like That's right off the bat one. i was just like what like and then um she was nice she was super nice yeah it was okay and then um yeah fast forward to like you know once we actually signed and we started playing our first shows like she would come and hang out and Damn. like like i remember we played the show at, at the viper room and you know uh, um I don't know if they still have it there. I don't know if the Viper's still there anymore. Yeah, there, just there, yeah. there was this little, there's this little room. It's like behind a mirror and it's like this little tiny room. That's like, that's like the, I guess it would be considered a dressing room, but like, okay. you can't really say it. it's just like a one way glass mirror. Okay. And it's literally has enough room for like a little bench seat, whatever. And whatever. And, uh, we're getting ready to play. And she just like walks in and she sits down next to me and she's like, okay. She's like, how long do you go on? I was like, uh, I think we go in like five minutes. She's second like, time you met her? Uh, this is probably like second or third time I met her. And she's like, okay, are you, are you going to warm up? It's just me and her sitting in this little room. She's like, going to warm up? And I was like, warm up? I was like, I've never warmed up like for a show. Oh, she's, like, you don't, yeah, she's like, you don't warm up? I was like, I don't know what warming up is. Like, I just go on stage and start screaming. You know what I mean? At that yeah. point, it was just like, our shows were so raw. I was like, uh, I don't know. She's like, okay. She's like, is that what you're wearing? Like, whatever. It's like, my pants are like, I'm wearing like, you know, dickies, whatever. She's like, <laughs> come here, pull up your pants. She's like, pulling up my pants and like, helping me with my clothes, or whatever. I'm, I'm just sitting there. It was like, it was like a motherly moment with like, yeah, yeah, with yeah. her. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, at that time, she, um, I think, uh, bedtime stories that just Great came album. out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think she had like cornrows in her hair or something like that. Whatever, too. She had Tupac like, for a second too. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild though. But just like it was surreal. You know, that stuff was it was surreal. Fuck, man, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what else is cool? I mean, I've heard you tell on on the uh, on the podcast a couple times about I think about, about meeting her in New York. Yeah, at CBGB's. Okay, at CBGB's. So, so um, but she came out to see us in New York at the Limelight one time too, and I remember. We were playing, uh, I'm trying to think we were playing, I think it might have been we were with Corn or something like okay. that or something at the limelight or something. But I, but she came to see us and she was standing in the like one of the little balcony things and I was sitting there up there like playing in the middle of the show, like screaming whatever and no one's looking at me. And, like I'm just like, why is everybody looking up? And I look up and like she's standing over the, oh, over, they're like, over the balcony just like watching this, you know, watching the show and everybody's like watching her, watch us, whatever. Holy shit. But it was pretty cool. I mean, I, to think of like the first, you know, our introduction to to the music industry and being in there, whatever, was like you know, kind of being under her wing was kind of rad, you know. Yeah, and Freddie Demand was no joke. He was Freddie was awesome for many many years. Freddie was super awesome. Yeah, and Guy, you know, still talk to Guy. He's 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 man, he's her manager now, and he also manages you two and all kinds of other stuff oh, too. Yeah, but he's, he's yeah, he's still he's really smart dude. Yeah, he's with oh, yeah. he manages her now and you too. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, and Freddie passed right. People. No, I don't think so. No. Okay, okay, no. okay. I thought maybe I heard that, but but your first record was Adrenaline, right? That was the first one you put out. Yep. He put that out, and then is that is that what they heard? You think to want like what did, um, did they hear that record? Then want to sign you with that? No, no, no. They only heard that demo tape. Oh, that shit. two wow. song okay, tape. Okay, so, okay. so two of those wow. songs ended up on on the record. Okay. We went in and um, you know, at that time it was like budgets were still pretty good. So they gave us like this, but they they basically asked us, "Who do you want to produce your record?" And we were oh, like, shit. "Our." Whoever you want, and we were just like, uh. And at that at that time, we we were really into that first Pantera record. Okay. Um. Um, vulgar display of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, because it was heavy, and but it had like groove to it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, and it was and it sounded big. Yeah. And um, so we were like, we want the guy who did that record, and it was Terry Date, and he'd also done like Soundgarden and some other stuff, whatever. At that time, he'd Sir Mixalot's uh, Swass record. Oh shit. Yeah, he'd done some rad stuff, but um, so he came and saw us in that same practice place that I was okay. telling you about earlier, and uh, we just played some songs for him live in the room. He's like, cool, I'll do it. So we went up to Seattle and we recorded it. And um, the only thing is that we we'd asked him like, 
we love this Pantera record. It sounds big, whatever. We're like, but we don't want it to sound like that. Exactly. We want it to sound like, you know, like, like raw. Mm-hmm. So he kind of did make it sound raw, but it sounds like it's like probably my least favorite Deftones record because it's just really? like, yeah, um, there, there's, there's, there's like a certain vibe to it because there's yeah. like a lot of like raw energy there, but like, it's like sound wise. It wasn't okay. like, like really like, I don't know. I just, it's just not my favorite. I, I, from we're the talking jump, about around the fur, right? No, we're talking about adrenaline. Okay, so, okay, okay. so from like, then, about? if you okay, go from yeah. there to around the fur, you hear yeah. the jump in production and it's okay. the same guy, same everything, but like, it's like, we really like it's produced right. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. That, that that when that record came out, that was like that was like a game changer. I think. Right on. I remember yeah. being the Warp Tour with you guys too. Yeah, that like that's the first time I remember seeing you guys. I mean, yeah. meeting you and stuff like that yeah. back then. And that was a trip because like I didn't really know too much about you guys or even like hardcore stuff. Like, yeah, I told you the other day. It's like I like listening to your podcast a lot because like I'm, I'm getting schooled on like all kinds of stuff that I missed out on. You know. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing you guys back then and like. Like kind of like being like intimidated, or whatever, because like you guys like had like neck tats and stuff like back then too, and I was just like, oh, these dudes are about that life. Different like, time, different time. Yeah, because back, back then no one had that shit, you know. No. What I mean, unless it, like they were like you know the gangsters from the hood or whatever yeah. or whatever, like you know. But, but I didn't know anything about New York like hardcore really, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm still learning about it, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like every time I like I, I you know any time you put on a, a podcast, I. I kind of like it's fun because after that I go research and I'll listen to like you know Mad Ball or whatever like I remember them back in the day but like I didn't like you know it was kind of off my radar and now it's just like going back and it's like this is rad that's awesome man yeah and you when I saw you guys too I was like dude there's a heavy Bad Brains influence for sure oh for sure yeah we were like we we got to a point when we first got signed I mean that was like we wore that on our sleeve like and then we also got luckily enough that was like one of our first tours we went on oh Um, shit yeah because. To go back just a little bit, sure. um, with, when I was, well, Guy was Syria, when we were talking about, like, you know, influence stuff, whatever, and I was like, you know, I kept telling him about, you know, how, Bad Brains, about how important this band is and this and that, whatever. So he actually was driving down, I forget what street he was, but he saw HR at a bus stop, and he, he swooped him up, he picked him up, and he was like, yeah, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah talked to them about getting the band back together and this and that, whatever. And then... And he signed them, I remember. And that. got them back and signed them, got them back together for the God of Love record. Yes. So then when that record came out, like we opened up for them for as long as that lasted. It only lasted like it lasted maybe ten shows and then we were in Kansas City when that whole thing with the mic stand went down. Holy and he got shit. taken to jail. Yeah. We were opening that show and uh Wow. I saw it ha- all happen and, and the cops arrest him and take him out and then we had to drive home from Kansas. There wasn't a Beasties tour. No, that was late. That was no, the Beasties else. tour happened right before that, and gotcha. that's when he punched Anthony, and then the manager, the manager in in the jaw, and then he got like, oh, I, and also I think he had some weed or something going over the going over the border in Canada. I don't know where something happened, but yeah, he that's... got he got busted, and uh, that 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 tour like that would have been a rad tour to see the uh, Beasties with the Beasties, and I think they did like one show or something, and then it was over. Like, then it was over. I'm good. And then, uh, and then, yeah, and then they did their own headlining tour, and we did, we did all the dates that that happened. It was us and uh, this band called Roguish Armament. Yeah, I know them. Who Chip Chippy, Chippy Love? Yeah, Chippy Love. Chippy them. Love. Yeah, he hit me up the other day about the podcast. What up, Chip? That's crazy. Yeah, Small yeah. With New York band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He used to, he used to, he used to be uh, on tour with the Bad Brains a lot. Yep. Um, yeah, the Bad Brains, man. Fuck, just for a moment of Bad Brains, it's just, I feel like the Bad Brains should be like, I don't know, man. I feel like they should be just, I don't know. Yo, they were they were nominated. In the Hall of Fame. They were nominated last year. Yeah, they year. were. That's right. I voted. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But they should be like living up there. I don't know. I did this so influential to so many people and like. Yeah. Fuck, man. I yeah. wish we could see them again someday. You know what I mean? It's wild. 
it's interesting. In HR, he had him in the podcast. He's like doing way better, and he's just in a good place and awesome wife. And yeah, it's good to see him in that. You know, that's more important than anything. But yeah, being able to see the bad brains back then was just I don't know. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to like to to be able to spend time with all those guys. You know, as a band and individually. You know, yeah, um, all and um and uh, make music with them too. And just you know, uh, it's just it's wild, man. Like uh, I love Doc. You know, yeah. he's one of my favorite people in the world, man. And um great musicians and yeah yeah um but but it's it's yeah it's it's wild like like but especially because it was one of my favorite bands and then you get to like actually just like you know hang out with them that was like the coolest thing for me i remember like um one of those shows we played uh on that tour it was in sacramento and after the after the show they all came to my house and i lived in a little a little tiny apartment at that time at that time and my my son christian who you met the other day Mm -hmm. who's now 24 or whatever he was uh he was a baby still you know whatever and uh Super I, tall I, too. I remember yeah i remember daryl like coming in there he's like oh they're looking at like so i was like high chair in the kitchen whatever like oh man you got kids man yeah man they were just they were just like <laughs> but just like that the fact that the bad are hanging out in my kitchen That's like you know in my crazy, apartment or whatever and it was just it was bugged out surreal right yeah totally huge influence so yeah. um so around the fur comes out then yeah and that changes that changes everything for you guys yeah i think like we totally like jumped you know everything kind of went up a notch totally i mean like uh I feel like the record was a lot better and I feel like we were just like at that kind of time in our life where we were just having a blast. I mean, yeah. on that, that was on that, I think that Warped Tour, that 97 or 98 Warped Tour that, yeah. that you guys were on too, like that was like, like we were just, we were living you crazy. Were fire. We you were living were? crazy, yeah. You were wilding out? Yeah. I mean, we were, that was wild times. Were you like a party guy back then? Yeah. Totally. Did that start later in life? Because it seems like you said you were like a good kid in high school. You really weren't trying to get in trouble. Did it happen later yeah. on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I still would uh, somehow avoided trouble, <laughs> but <laughs> but I definitely was like yeah, like testing, you know, like every every single day. So that started once you got in the band. Yeah, I mean, once we started t- once we started traveling and touring, really. Yeah. Because like you know you start going to like other towns and other stuff, and then it's like you just get into riffraff, and then you you leave, and then you're in mm-hmm. new town the next day, and it just starts all over again. That's kind of how it was. Did you ever a, a steady girlfriend back then? You just kind of just like I did. I was I got married like super early, but like I was a terrible husband. Like um, you know, we just like we got married uh like because my uh she got pregnant with uh with my son Christian, and I was 20 years old. She, oh shit! Yeah, and uh, and so um actually I might have been 19 when I, when she got pregnant, but um no I was 20, and then uh he was born like a few months before my 21st birthday. Yeah. And then I was like, well, we should just get married because, you know, we, we had a kid and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was like, we both had not, not really experienced life yet. So like, you know, then I go, okay, I have a kid and we get married. And then I like started going on tour. And then like, yeah. so like, I was just, I was living like, like I wasn't married and it was just, it was, it was pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. Cause you kind of get got thrown into that, not thrown into, but like that you really, you weren't really out there being a player before that or even partying you seem like you're just like a focused kid in school and then you get this kind of free here's a band i'm gonna go on tour and it's just like happens kind of fast yeah i mean like it's 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 definitely like you know and those were like the like some of the the last day well maybe not because i'm sure young kids get crazy these days but (laughs) but like as far as like the way it was weird because like it was like the last days of like that debaucherous rock and roll kind of like true life shit yeah straight up like when we toured with pantera like that shit was crazy. Like what Fuck. what what you th- what you think like backstage was probably like in the eighties or whatever. Like yeah. whatever. Like that shit was happening. Yeah. Like every day, like naked girls gambling, wow. uh, drugs, liquor, e- e- everything, everything you could possibly imagine. Whatever. Like that was going down, and that was yeah. also 
like pre you know like uh pre-internet too though. all that stuff yeah it's pre-cell phones uh, you know all that stuff Just whatever imagine too. phones back then so there was no photo you know what i mean so like we were able to slip through the you know whatever but like but yeah, yeah. it was cr- it was wild back then and then like you know toward close to those 2000s everything everything started to kind of taper like you know whatever and i don't ever remember things being like that after that whatever after a certain amount of time but um but like i said maybe some young bands do that these days but i don't think i can't imagine they do if they do they're doing it like really i don't know because the phones like you said you can't yeah you can't really wild out too much anymore man yeah i don't know yeah there was totally i mean like if you know t- t- crazy to call home it was basically just pay phone or smile and dial you know what i mean yeah. at, at the venues and like that's how you, you what talk a smile and dial what's that just like a free phone cause oh yeah because you, the you office can or something. Yeah, yeah go to go to the office at the, at the venue and, <laughs> totally. and call home and that's what we all you know so that's the only time i'd be able to talk to my wife or my my mom or any, my family crazy. or whatever think about that with facetime and shit that's yeah. fucking crazy yeah i'd when be in like gone, buffalo new york or some crazy place i don't know somewhere and like you know and like yeah either calling from a hotel phone or 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 a pay phone a lot of times calling cards yeah, you, get call, you get, used to get calling cards and stuff back. We then. had those dialers too. There's like this thing that people made at Radio Shack. They took this thing and, and you could buy it for fifty bucks from somebody. It sounded like you were putting quarters into oh, it. Oh, I remember it was that. So sick, man. Yeah, that was like the way we did it touring. Yeah, but just fast forward now, FaceTime, all that, just such a different life. It's so much easier now. Yeah, but the best thing though was when you went, like I said, smiling dial. Like so that's what we would say. <laughs> Yo, they, they got a smiling dial over here. So basically, I mean like you'd go into the production office and whatever, and you just like call whoever you hadn't talked to in a while whatever, yeah. and and like just catch up and then be like all right i'll see you talk to you next time in a week or so sometimes. yeah and those tours were long back then too totally man. yeah i mean that, that that's a big reason why i think we still have a career today because we they used to like do touring like like crazy stay out for three months at a time Damn. Like, touring like europe and stuff like that and you know and it, it sucked if like then and to think back like i can't i can't imagine how we did it but like I think it's a big reason why we still have a career and like a lot of these places we've been did it like put down our you know built a great foundation yeah yeah in these these like little towns here and there whatever and just like play anywhere you know yeah yeah so how long did your marriage last after that uh it lasted till i want to let me see what year was it i mean it it went uh, quite a while but um let me think when the years i should know this stuff did you get caught in that lifestyle kind of yeah and it was crazy like my wife kind of got like heavy like into like you know into drugs and, and crazy mm. stuff so like i would come home off tour and when i'd come home i'd want to like everything to be normal because everything was like wacky out on the road yeah you want to balance i wanted to come home and be balanced whatever yeah. and at that point my, my kids were you know they were still in uh, 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 elementary school but they were like you know a little bit more like you know you could put video games on like yeah. you, you know at that time you know, like she would just buy them every video game whatever blah blah and they'd go in there and play and this is like probably one of my biggest regrets in life is like you know like 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 that you know i didn't you know i wasn't more of a parent to my, you know to to my my boys and yeah. i'm so happy that they turned out as great as they they have and yeah they haven't they've never been in trouble or i have any drug kind of issues or whatever now I'm so proud That's of that awesome man. um because like yeah like we were both sort of you know i was physically kind of gone doing whatever and then my wife kind of was checked out like mentally, you know yeah. like mentally whatever and and uh and they kind of like raised themselves a lot when they were when they were young just like you know by video games and stuff like wow. that it's, it's wild yeah and then when i go home it was like the house i lived in then it was crazy um i lived in like this two-story house but like the downstairs was like its own kind of it had like its own entrance and its own whatever 
and it was basically like it was a bar. I had a bar down oh, downstairs in my house. It was like a club down. It was like damn, like a like a tiki bar down there. <laughs> and I had like uh like record like you know record players, um some some gear down there, or whatever. But it was like so everybody would hang out in my house all. If I was home, even when I wasn't home, like my wife, that was like it was like the kick it spot. Mm-hmm. So everybody was always over there, or whatever. And it was sort of a whole separate part of the house, whatever. That you know my kids would never really go down there. They'd stay upstairs and you know, doing their own thing, whatever. Yeah. And, um, so I had that and then I had a little pool house in the back where like, I, where I would just hang out all the time back there. Um, I had all my gear. Yeah. I had yeah. all my gear back there, whatever. And then I would just like, I basically just like, you know, live back there and I was, and I was kind of heavily into drugs back then too. So mm-hmm. I was really isolating myself and my wife was isolating herself and it was just really bad. It That's just like, rough. it was a really bad. And, and, you know, fast forward to today, I'm really happy that she's like, she's doing really good now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd made a decision long ago, just like, I will never do this ever again. And, uh, I haven't since then. How long have you been sober for now? Um, you know, I don't really know the day. Let me think. It's definitely been about 10 years. Well, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Maybe a little less than that, but, but yeah, I mean, and I, I still drink, but I don't, um, I don't, I won't do any drugs. I don't even really smoke weed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What was, um, or two things. So was that around? Was that around the fur album cycle when the shit got crazy like that? Like, no, it was, it was maybe maybe kind of started on the tail end of that. Like I said, after all that touring and stuff. But uh, yeah, White Pony White is Pony, when yeah. is when we started to kind of get into like more heavy drugs, and then like the self titled album. That's when it was like the darkest, the dark dark days that started then, and it was like nutty. Yeah. Fuck. So to rewind for one second, um, when around the fur came out and all the success, did you realize? Holy shit! This, this is. It's like life changing almost. You, did you realize that this is gonna be my career? Like, holy shit, we're really doing this. Before, before that, you were playing shows. Obviously, the adrenaline record, and yeah. you got signed. To, to but Man still, record. yeah, still wasn't sure. Like when you, when you get a chance to make your second record, that's always a big thing, right? It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's like wow, they're gonna give us money again to make another record. It must have yeah. done well, well enough. So yeah, but this was like. Psh. Yeah, so they did, and then we. I felt like we made like a way better record than our first one. Yeah. And it was received really well. We started doing like, you know, we started doing like TV shows and yeah. stuff like that, or like late night shows. So like, I felt like, yeah, we were like... MTV, radio, all that shit. Yeah, all that popping. stuff started popping, yeah. And so, and were, were you partying leading up to that that much or no? Um, a little bit, but not, I mean, like I said, when I was on the road, yeah. It, not not drugs, but just like, you know, drinking and just like, you know, living wild. But but uh, but uh not so much drug stuff. The drug stuff didn't happen to like, like the White Pony oh, stuff yeah. started, started happening. And that was like, we, when we did that record, we... um. We recorded most of it in San Francisco, or not San Francisco, but uh, Sausalito at the record plant yeah. there. And uh, but but we just like did the main tracking there, and then we came to L.A. and we rented this this mansion up Doheny. Uh, I've never uh, seen this. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was like Chuck Berry's old house or something like that. Yeah, and and that house was it was like a party every single Fuck. night, and that's when like the the whole like thing and that that record took us a long time because of that because we of were that. yeah. Um, and we and still married at that we point? We had fun, yeah. We had, But we had a lot of fun doing it, but like we also were like kind of out of control too. So Yeah. Um, but luckily, enough, I mean, then, but then there you go. The record came out and it was like super successful. So it wasn't it's, affecting any of that so, shit. So yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, well, why should I, you know, we're having fun and like there's really no consequences. It's not affecting your career. No. So like, so we just, we just went even deeper and then, Fuck. and then, but then it started to like really like. All take, you guys, the whole band? No, not so much. Uh, Stefan, not really. Yeah. Um, He's always been, he still doesn't drink or anything like that yeah. really. He smokes weed a lot, but, um, but um, me and Abe, me and the drummer, yeah. we're like the toxic twins. That's what we call ourselves back then. We just like, we just like crazy. Um, you know, it's interesting. She, and then she kind of, kind of, uh, 
joined in in, the, in a little bit, and then uh, it was us three. We were just like yeah, out of control. Wow. Um, real quick, I I, I I didn't want I knew you, but I didn't want to go say what's up and bother you. But I see I've see, I saw you several times getting your ass trained at Runyon Canyon. Yeah, man. I would see you up there on the tennis courts and shit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I said hi once, but I saw oh shit. But I seen you getting your shit together back then. I forgot what year yeah. that was. I think that was oh, that was oh nine. I think or 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 twenty ten. You were going hard up there, dude. With this I got trainer. I got in crazy shape like for, like for a minute. Um, what year was that? I think it was like oh nine or or okay. or or, or twenty ten. But um, so you were getting so yeah, all that shit was focused. Yeah, right? I mean, um, what happened was was like it was shortly after Cheese accident. Yeah, and that was kind of like one of the most like like eye-opening things that happened i think you know in my, in my life where it was like you know like when somebody's that close to you something happens and it's like you know you, you realize like how you're just taking stuff for granted and like whatever and like and i was just like man like i i don't know if i'm ever gonna be able to talk to my my you know my one of my best friends ever again it's just like I don't even know if we're going to be, there is a band anymore. Like everything just kind of the rug got like gets swept down under your feet. That was like 2006. It happened. This accident happened in 2008. 2008. Okay. And then, uh, um, so like, so it's probably 2009 when, when, okay. uh, when I started and I was just like, um, and we were working on a record at the time and the record was kind of like, like it was, it was okay, but it was like, um, like still like our work ethic was, was, wasn't good. Like, you know what I mean? We were just like kind of doing it like, when we wanted to. How, 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 how long after uh, White Pony was that record started? Um, White you Pony was touring that for a minute. Though, yeah, right? White Pony was, we did a couple years of touring. That was yeah. 2000. Yeah. Uh, Self-title was probably uh, 2003. 2003. Yeah. And then the uh, Saturday at Risk, which that whole area, that whole era, that was like a three or four year, uh, just like, uh, that, that, whole, that whole time in our career was jacked up. Damn. Like seriously, like everybody would come in and just do as little as they could just to do their part and then like, then nobody's was, talking to each other really not really no Damn. it was weird but and it was big a lot of it because of drugs man like like you know um um i think i put a lot of blame myself because i didn't let people really like like i think everybody was kind of afraid to like talk to or like or say like hey man what's going on with you whatever like you know whatever and no one really, and, if, label? and if they did i'd be like what the fuck are you talking about you know i would i would, I would like Everybody's i was totally in denial, denial yeah. and totally just like whatever like and then i would cut people off Damn. So then I started like like literally cutting people off. And then like no one can get a hold of me. And then I just vamped out. Like I just like I went and did a I made this I made this team sleep record this, yeah, yeah, this record and yeah. I did that and um and it my it, baseball want to say want to tell he loves that fucking record. Oh right on thanks. Can we tell you that today? Yeah I, um so I I did that and then I just left because at the at the minute, at the time we were we were halfway through that Saturday Night Wrist record yeah. and um and basically I was left at the studio with like all this fragmented like these songs it was like everybody kind of did their parts and i was supposed to like put it all together and then put words on it and make sense of it and it didn't make any sense to me because it was like it wasn't a collective effort like we weren't playing we weren't even like playing our instruments at the same, same time room to either no yeah. it's like someone would record something they'd leave someone else come so it was a weird thing and i didn't like it it wasn't fun it was just it was wow you, you you were so in the moment you didn't realize it's because of all the party and all that shit you really it was, i mean not at the moment i didn't yeah, think it was yeah, that. i blamed on everybody yeah. else i mean our producer at the time was uh we had a uh, what's his name I just had his name in my head. He did the wall and stuff like that. This Damn. big, this big producer. Um, I can't think of his name. I'll think of him in a minute. Anyways, um, but he was doing the record with us, and I blamed everything on him because he was just like, you know, whatever. At the same time, he was like doing a Jay Z record. At the same time, he was doing Damn. our thing, whatever. And I was like, you know, if he's not going to be here every day, then you know, whatever, blah blah. blah. And I'm sure I was hot, really difficult. And in retrospect, I was 
probably the biggest problem. But I blamed you know everybody else around me. Yeah. And maybe everybody else didn't want to be around me. I don't know. But but basically, no one was together at that time. So then I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to leave and I'm going to go uh, put this other record out that I've been wanting to put out for a long time. I was done. And also, I wanted to get sober, like like secretly. But I didn't want any. I didn't want to to admit that. Oh, I'm going to go get sober. But I was like. I put that record out and then we went to Europe and toured like for a month straight where we did 30 shows in 30 days kind Damn, of thing. I'm grinding. Yeah. And, um, but out there I couldn't get any, like, you know what I mean? Cause my main, my main problem was the people that I was, the people that I did surround myself in Sacramento at the time. They were enabling the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Everybody was like, you know what I mean? And then once I left there and I wasn't around those people every day, it was like easy to quit. And then and you got the money to buy whatever you want. All yeah. This shit. And whatever. So then I came, um, it was actually only took a couple weeks of me being like sober. And then like, I had like just this moment of just like, kind of like, like what the hell was it? Have I been doing for the last, you know, three or four years, like a moment of clarity kind of thing. Yeah. And then I just kind of made a decision like, Oh shit, I'm not like, I'm never going to do that, that drug ever again in my life. You know what was I mean? the drug of choice? Oh, it's cause then it got, cause, cause it started with Coke and then it went to like, like, uh, meth. Holy shit. Which is like the craziest thing ever because it's like, like at the time, like, in my mind, I was like doing more shit than anybody. Like I'd be at the studio all night long working on songs, doing whatever. I would never finish a song, but I'd be working on whatever. So like in my mind, I was like, I'm doing all this and everybody else is sleeping. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I'm up here like doing a million things, whatever. But like literally, like I said, like I wasn't really doing anything. I was just like wow. going in circles. And that's what that drug does to, to people. It's like this false sense of like, like that you are just like on top of things and like and that you're doing things but you're not like you're never finished that's why you see like and like like meth heads like like uh their driveways there's like cars like five cars all of them like nice cars but like none of them not one of them run because like yeah. they're just like kind of tinkering that's what i was doing i was like tinkering with with music like and like all day long they're turning knobs and eqing stuff and whatever but like never finishing anything and was the label in the mix like what's going on with you guys did they C see kind it? of i think they were sort of like you know whatever but like you know, no one had really stepped to me, whatever. And, but your career and was said, still going great, though, and having success. And it was, it was in a, yeah, it was like you know, it was, it was in a, a, a forward trajectory. You know, we were traje yeah. it was still in an upward trajectory, so it wasn't like whatever. Um, but yeah, like you know, I was just like, I got to a point where like I was like I would like stay, I would like stay in the bathroom for like hours and hours, just sit in there and just like like work on music and smoke and just like whatever. Damn. Like we, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, you think your kids? You think your kids saw that? Your wife? Saw I don't that? think they they saw it, but they definitely knew that I wasn't there, present. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I always made a thing where I never did any drugs around my kids, whatever. But I, I they, you know, I'd be dumb to think that they didn't know something was going on. You know what I mean? And I've talked to them about it now. They're old enough, and I've said, you know, I let them know that, you know, this is what I, this is what was going on, and I told them, you know, what I mean, how bad I feel, like, you know, this is, you know, whatever. And they're they're good kids, man. They they get yeah. it, you know, whatever. And I think if anything, it could be a good reason why they don't you know because yeah. they they saw like you know like probably that was probably one of the one of the most bummer times of their life where like where they're both their parents were kind of like incapable of taking them to like the zoo and stuff like that yeah 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 you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. or just simple things like that whatever and like i said we'd make we'd make up for it by like like what do you guys want to eat whatever oh you want whatever like, you want pizza whatever okay i'll order pizza for you oh you guys want video games here's you know 50 bucks go buy a video game or whatever yeah. or whatever blah, blah, blah. and it was like and so like in my and like they were, they seemed happy. They were just, you know, live, you know, they, they basically ran their own, their, you know, their Lives. own, yeah, their own things. As yeah. far as getting them to school, I'd get them to school, take them to school and stuff in the morning, you know, whatever. But other than that, yeah, I was like, was not there. Like, you know, didn't do any extra curricular stuff like that. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. I mean, Fuck. 
And yeah. so the accident happens and he goes in the hospital. Goes in the hospital and then it was like, you know, it was awakening. It's just like, man, I mean, I'd already been s- sober for for a while. I mean, you know, from from drugs, whatever. Yeah. Um and um but then I started getting like way into it's like, you know what, man, I, I just want to be like I just want to be hell I wanna like be the best. That's when I saw you training. Yeah, I want to be like the best version of myself that I can be, whatever. And yeah. I did. I started like, you know, every every morning I it sucked. I was, I lived in Burbank at the time. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So like driving to get to Runyon every day was just like a, a mess. Parking every day was a mess. But I didn't care. I just made I made it there every day. And not only did I like, you know, hike, you know, do like a few rounds of hiking, but I would go in the tennis courts. I saw you, bro. Or or, or the little park, the little yoga park down there, and I yeah. would just like straight up do like boxing and do training or like all these little drills. I had this dude that I was working out with at that time. And you know, I got gnarly, into, dude. Yeah, yeah, I got I got into crazy shape. It was it was it was awesome. Yeah, I want to do that again at some point. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome seeing you up there. Too. I was like, oh shit, he's getting his fucking workout yeah. on. I went there yesterday, or day for yesterday. Um, oh, you did brought it back. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, and then he's in the hospital for how long? He's in the hospital for it's, it was a long time. That was. Yeah, he was. I mean, five years. You know, <sighs> until he his his heart finally gave out. Um. I can't even imagine it happening. Even a friend, let alone a best friend or somebody in my band or like that was. Yeah, man, it was it was tough because, um, you, you like when you see somebody and then like it's like they're there but they're not there like he was eyes were open he'd be looking at you and you talk to him but like you know like even if you said like hey man you know uh you know raise your hand if you understand like whatever he wouldn't you know it, it was all involuntary movement yeah uh whatever how is that i think i say but but yeah so he didn't like uh he he wouldn't respond so it's like basically he's like She's like these eyes, like she's looking into his eyes and it's yeah. like, I, is he there or not? Or is he just a shell yeah. there? Like, I don't know. And like, and I know she's a very spiritual person. Yeah. So like, you know, he must be, there's something going on. You know, I, I don't know, whatever. Cause he was holding on. I mean, he was holding on to his body long time. Man. Yeah. For like for five years. It was what tough. What were you guys doing at that time? Well, about a year into it, um, when, you know, whatever we, um, we, we all got together at our old uh, practice spot in Sacramento. And we hadn't been there since, like, like we hadn't been there like forever. So like, everything was still left like where it was sat. We yeah. had we used to play like a risk, you know, that game risk. Yeah, yeah. We used yeah. to have these crazy risk games or whatever. So our, our our risk board was still set up. Everything was like the same way we left it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when this accident happened, and everything, and um, and uh, we all sat around and started talking, and um, you know about what 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 are we gonna do? What should we do about the band? Like you know, do you guys still want to play or this? And everybody's like you know. And before we kind of like really even like kind of made a decision or whatever, everybody just started like went up to their gear and just because it was all still where it was left, turned you know turned our gear on and just started like jamming and playing together. Damn. And that like just making music with the other three dudes, four guys, was like therapeutic. Was like a magical moment. Too, yeah, man. and yeah. like we, you know, we didn't play any old songs and we just started like just making up stuff whatever the time. Wow. And then we were like you know like um, I, I would never feel good about like about you know like putting an ad out trying to find a bass player i was like but you know let's call sergio because he's filled in for chi before i didn't know that That's yeah yeah when uh chi broke his foot like back in like 2000 and, no like actually like 1999 we were we were touring with um with uh we got this tour with black sabbath it was Jesus. black sabbath we had just got back together it was them and pantera and Fuck. then us opening like in arenas whatever Dude. so i was so stoked right to go play <laughs> go play these shows and um and the day before the first show um she he had already broke his foot but he got a surgery on it whatever and then his his foot got a staph infection in it oh fuck. so he was like he's like i can't i can't i gotta go home and get and like get this operation and get on like you know heavy you know um 
antibiotics and stuff right yeah. now because I can die. You know, this yeah, shit gets no in my joke. thing. Yeah. So we were like, okay, but we were like, fuck, but we want we don't want to go off this tour. And we were in New York, so we called it Vega. We had been our friends forever from Quicksand, Quicksand and all stuff. Yeah, great band. Dude. So he was like, he's like, hey, I'll come in. So he came in. He learned like nine songs. Like like in a Damn. couple of hours, we 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 I think we went to some studio in New York and uh, and he just like learned nine songs. And we, it was all at that point we only had two records out. Yeah, because uh, yeah. we had we hadn't done um, uh, uh, what's it called yet. We hadn't done uh, White Pony White yet. Pony, yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, he learned like a few songs from both those records, and then we went and finished that tour. So wow. so so he had filled in for Chi before. So so we said we called him up and said, hey, and he hadn't been uh, Sergio hadn't been playing in a while at so that point. Quicksand was done. Yeah, Quicksand yeah. was done. He was yeah. DJing around New York mostly, and I'd see him every time I would go to New York. Perfect and, timing, man. Yeah, and he just like okay, he's like. He's like, I haven't played my bass in a long time, but okay. <laughs> and he came in, and then we just started jamming. And literally one month, like it took us to write like that whole Diamondized record. Yeah. And we just wrote it from scratch, and it was kind of like, it was like, right? it was like, yeah, and it was like that was our way of like, just putting I think all of our, that everything that we were going through, you know, with missing Chi and just yeah. like not knowing how to how to deal with it, just putting it into our work. And we made that record, and we were really really, really proud of it. Like, it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. And what a great, a great timing to get Sergio and like, and he was part of the fam already. I just, he fits perfect. Yeah. Too, you know yeah. I mean? It was, like it was good. You know, obviously. And that's big shoes for him to fill too at that moment too. Yeah. I mean, it might have had to be hard for him because I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people too that like, you know, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, I think a lot of people understood because it's not like we replaced him with Chi because, you know, Chi could still play and we didn't want him to play. I was like, there was, it was like, if we still want to continue as a band, this was like the only option for us. Otherwise, you know, if it wasn't for Sergio coming in, I don't think we would have went looking for a bass player and, and who knows where we'd be today. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you never lose hope with him thinking he'd come out of it? Yeah. Like, I think that was the thing. Just yeah. being optimistic. Uh, that was the best way to get through the, the days of it. Just like, you know what? There's there. There could be a day where he just wakes up. It happens to people in comas. Does, yeah. They just wake up and they're just like, you know, whatever. So, you know, I always held on to that. And I think that was like sort of the, the way the diamondized the whole record, the whole idea. It was like, just like kind of like, was about optimism and just being optimistic about the whole yeah sort of vibe. Positive, keep the PMA and shit. yeah man. Um, so then shit that was 2010, and then I can't pronounce it. Koi Koino Yokan. What does that mean? It's a Japanese phrase uh, that roughly translates because I don't think there is an actual real uh, uh, English translation, but to um, I, I, the way it's explained to me is like it, it like if you see somebody. When you see somebody that you don't know and 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 when you the first time you look at them or see them, you get this sort of feeling that you are someday gonna be connected to that person, be it however it may be, whether it's romantically it's or just like or you have a connection with somebody. And that's happened like a few times in, in life, like where I've just like randomly seen somebody. I mean, it could be anything. It could be like like even like being friends with you. It's just like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, seeing you one day and if that day I would have been like, yo, I'm probably going to, you know, know that dude 20 years now <laughs> down the road or something like that. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah, whatever yeah, like yeah. that. It's kind of this premonition type of thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I just heard the phrase and I, I liked, you know, I liked it. It was optimistic again, yeah. kind, of, kind of, kind of a vibe. And at that point, like, uh, um, that was kind of like making records is like, it's kind of a fun thing to put in, especially when you're in a metal band or making stuff that's kind of, you know, heavier, whatever. It's like, it's like lyrically going in those, in those places that, you know, it's not just like, doom and gloom kind of stuff yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they're not what we're especially at that time i you know aside from chi being where he was at it was like my life was very in a very positive place at that time yeah, like sober, spiritually that. physically mentally just like feeling really good so like 
So like we were having a good time making those records aside from what we were dealing with, you know, with G. Yeah. Do you look back on, on the, um, you look back on the records when you were doing drugs and think about maybe the stuff you were writing back then, like, holy shit, I was in a different headspace or just, you know what I mean? Some yeah. of the stuff you're writing. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all pretty much like, if I look back at there, it's all pretty much like a snapshot of that time. Yeah. Life. I, I can, and there's, and, and, and because of that, there's some songs, especially like during that Saturday Night Risk out, uh, record and, and, and some of the stuff from the uh, self-titled album. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to play. Like, Damn. like, like, uh, like, yeah, like one, uh, few rehearsals ago we were like going through stuff to play and i remember like trying to play this one song um battle axe i think is the name of the song whatever and i was playing it remember the guitar part like like the guitar part and then i didn't remember <laughs> the words and i was like looked up the words online just like so i remember the words oh shit because i had been so long since we played it and i started reading the words and i was like this like i don't want to even sing this this is like so like just it just Dark. it just made me feel shitty mm. you know what i mean yeah so um so not to say that we'll never play that song again, whatever. But like, just like I said, there's there's some song like a, because things are such a snapshot of that time in, yeah. in your life that like you know kind of go back there. You know what I mean when you when you play those songs. Yeah, you even know? You, yeah. Yeah. Um, was it hard to get sober? No, no, not really. No, I mean, like I said, once I had that sort of like moment. Meth of, just seems like the fucking gnarliest. Yeah, right. It's not like cigarettes or beer or something. It's like, yeah, but like to me, it was like when I had that moment of clarity when I was like, yeah. when I was like, I I what really I did was I really pictured my mind. I pictured me in the bathroom with a fucking meth pipe in my hand and my kids in the other room playing video games. And I was like, when I got sober, I was like, I was like, what the fuck was I doing? And I, and, and I just made a decision in my head. I was like, um, I will never, ever, ever do that again. Because, I mean, literally, like I said, it took like two weeks, I think, for like to, it to get out of my system. Yeah. And I was on tour. So it was like, so I didn't, it was like, kind of, I guess, like being in like in a, uh, some place we you know where I was like I couldn't get if I wanted it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could have really oh, found you said it you're in Europe. That's right. Yeah, 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 whatever. But like I was in Europe, I wasn't gonna find it. Whatever. So like, so like the team the, sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. So like the the um the the you know like uh, the physical part of it, like whatever. I feel like my body sort of like you know got through that part of yeah. it. But then when when I had that moment of clarity, I was just like, oh, what the hell have I been doing with my with myself and like whatever. Yeah. And I just made a decision that I'll never do it again. And, and it's the most disgusting thing ever. If you like put that shit in front of my face today, whatever, I'd slap it out of, out of someone's hand. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's gross. I learned about that shit on Breaking Bad. I really knew nothing about that type of yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. When crazy. I watched that show, I mean, that, that was it was long after I I I've been I've been off it. Uh, um, but like watching it was like ugh, like so much <laughs> shit from that was just like real. It's cr- like, it, gross. It, did uh, did the name Team Sleep come from? You kind of was saying like the band was kind of asleep for like, where did that name come from? Uh, that was just a name that we came up with. Yeah, but it was like, but it but it was a, you guys t- a team were of asleep. Yeah, but it was a team of mus- musicians more than anything. Yeah. I think it was like whatever. Oh, I remember no, because I remember I liked the the name Sleep. I always liked okay. that. Whatever, but uh, there was already a band called it Sleep. Was, yeah, and then uh, and then the way that the the band was, it was sort of like a a, a group of different people, like a. Uh, like a drummer, Zach Hill. He was from another band called Hell at the time. Yeah. Now he's with Death Grips, whatever. But like it was him. Just random people from de- random bands, and was sort of like a little team we put together and just made music. So it was like a, yeah, like a collective collective kind of thing. And what about the other group that had, you had the Bad Brains in it? Um, Sadaje. Sadaje. Yeah. yeah. What does that name come from? That's my buddy Chuck's uh, uh, project. Okay. I mean, that's uh, so Chuck Doom, and he's a. Uh, He's a uh, he's a New Yorker. He he uh, he grew up with Mackie and all. Oh, he, yeah, he knows he knows like a lot, a lot of those dudes and he uh, and Doc and all, all those dudes. So uh, he um um 
he played in a group with me called Crosses. That was one of the projects I had. Um, oh, so Mackie played in that project? No, Mackie didn't play. Actually, Mackie, on some of the demos, Mackie did play some of the dude, stuff. Dude, I remember this shit now. I was like, yeah. I'm working with the Deftones dudes. Yeah, you're right. I remember that shit. You're right. Yeah. He did. On some of the demos Great that we have in there. Dude. Oh, I love he's one. Of, he's one of my favorite drummers to watch. Me too. To, to listen to. I mean, he's just hands down one dude. of my favorites. So yeah, but um, but the Sadaja stuff, he plays like on, on a few different tracks. And, okay. Uh, Doc's on there. Um, this guy, Torin, who uh, plays with Bowie. A lot, of, a lot of really cool collective people, but um, but that's more of his project, yeah. and I just sort of executive, quote unquote, executive produce it. Um, I, I sang on on one track so far, um, but mainly it's just like you know if he's like, hey, can you get in touch with so and so or so and so and whatever, help him sort of put the project together and yeah, whatever. But and then yeah. crosses and palms. Yeah, palms was was uh the guys from ISIS. Oh um, shit! Yeah, they they had uh they had broken up. Not as a ISIS, band. not ISIS. The you know yeah, ISIS the band. Yes, ISIS the band. Uh, who who uh. Pretty much, I mean, they broke up. I think before that whole thing sort of kicked yeah. off, whatever. But um, but um, but yeah, they they um minus two of the guys, whatever. They had made a instrumental album, and um and at the time I was that was probably around the time too when I was hiking a lot up, up at uh, Runyon. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, one of my buddies, I ran into him up there. He's a drummer from from ISIS, whatever. And we just started hiking and stuff together all the time. So Sick. we just came home. We talked about music and hike. And then he's like, "Yo, we're, we we recorded a, a new ISIS thing, but." But it's just uh, it's just all instrumental. He's like, "Would you want to sing on, on a song or two? And I was like, "Whatever." So he gave me the whole thing was pretty much already done, and I just sang over the whole like. Oh, and the shit. songs are like twelve minute long things, so it was like. Damn. But it was I was just having fun. I recorded it in his closet at his house yeah. in, in Hollywood, so uh, so it wasn't really supposed to be like a you know a super group or anything. Like that it was like basically like a project they had, and I just went and sang on some stuff. And um, but we did do a couple shows and we had fun with it. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So um. The longevity of, of Deftones, I guess we talked about it, like, what do you kind of credit that to? Because what's amazing to me is that you guys are a real family. All the shit you've been through, man, it's it's insane. Um, and here you are today, and you, and you guys just still have a career, and it's amazing. And all the records you did, the highs, lows of the label, just all the shit. Um, what do you credit that to? I think friendship is probably the biggest thing, man. Like, um, It's real, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like, we've all been friends before, you know, anything. Um, you know, through skateboarding, we were hanging out. We were friends. We just yeah. you know, we hung out regardless, of whatever. It just so happened that we ended up, you know, making some songs together and make whatever, and then being successful from them. Yeah. And uh, even even you know through the times I was talking about earlier, like when we were not so much beefing because we never really beef. Yeah. But like that was probably the worst the worst time, and we just didn't talk. And yeah. that was like the you know that's almost far, worse as though. far as it got. Yeah, it was it was. Yeah. Um, but that was you know there was a lot of things around that, you know what I mean? And, 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 um, but like, but more than, I mean, beside from that, we we're pretty close, man. Like, you know what I mean? And we actually enjoy each other's company yeah. to this day. I mean, yesterday we were rehearsing yesterday. We have a show this weekend and, um, you know, we, we haven't gotten like a little tiny tiff yesterday about like <laughs> somebody was doing something wrong in a song, whatever. And then I like, was like, no, you're doing, you're playing one note. Too long. And then Stefan was like, no, you're not. No, I'm not playing it. Right. I was like, no, you are. You're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, oh, he's like, you just want to be right. And I'm like, not really. I just want the song to be right, whatever. But then we saw like it turned into like a little little brothers, a, 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 like a quick little thing. And then the the second we tried it again, then he, we did it right. And then I went over to him, and we both gave each other a hug, and we we're just like, you know, because like, and a lot of people think that, especially him and I, because guitar player singer thing, and then because also he's. He's more of the metalhead in the band, and I'm yeah. kind of the opposite, like the the yin, to, yeah, to that, whatever. So, um, so all, people always think that we're at odds with each other, but but in, in reality, it's like that's like 
that's my brother. That's like one of my yeah. favorite people in the world. And we get yeah. along super well. You know what yeah. I mean? He's nutty. He's he's out there a little bit. He's like straight up like flat earther, like no joke. Oh shit. Yeah. Um uh I love him for it, but like he's but he's just like he's got a crazy uh like idea of a lot of things that are like kinda odd. Yeah, you know I watched I, mean? I watched I watched that Flatland thing that doc was really interesting. Yeah. I hope you've seen that. I, I, I started to watch it and I, I might have dozed off, whatever, but he's he he generally believes that. Yeah. He generally believes a lot of things that are just like conspiracy wise that are just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys are brothers. I mean, it, it just it just show and proves that your friends beyond the music and that's what kept it together. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, we sold all these records and we had these hits and there's a, you're like, you love what you do and you guys do it well together regardless of people's, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, Abe and I, says a lot about we, you guys. We, we t- uh, I talk to him probably every day, every other day, at least on, on the phone. Yeah. About, about stuff that's not, I mean, not music related at all. Yeah. Just like random stuff, whatever. We just have a similar uh, sensibility, like, you know, where we just get along and we just like, we just bullshit about whatever. Yeah, know? it's life. So yeah. everybody lives in California except for you. Yeah. Um, t- uh, Abe and Frank live in Sacramento still. Uh, they never left. Yeah. Um, uh, Stefan moved. He moved to L.A. in uh, in 2000. So when we were doing White Pony, he moved down here. Okay. And, um, and I moved down to L.A. in like around 2006 maybe. Burbank area, right? 2005, yeah, 2006, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved to Burbank. Yeah, and then, uh, so I was the, I was here that that, uh, that whole time, and then uh, about six years ago, I moved to Oregon, moved up to Bend, Oregon, like a little town up there. Yeah. My wife's parents, they have like a, a ranch up there. They like breed horses and stuff like that, whatever. And, um, Do you ride horses? No, I don't. Okay. Um, but, um, but I'll go on there. Like, I like to hang out with my, my father-in-law. He's, he's awesome. Cool. He's like 70... Too, I think, and um, yeah, but he's like out there every day, like working in the, on the on the ranch, and so like, um, I go out there and just help him like all the time. That he he they they also like a uh, farm hay and stuff like that. So okay. I, I help him with the irrigation and just like, you know, I just I like to hang out with, awesome, my, with my in laws a lot. Like so yeah. so we actually were, we'd go up there to visit them a lot for the holidays and stuff, whatever. And then yeah. we decided to like, yo, let's look at pl- for places around here, and then. Like we also we like obviously like you get way more bang for your buck up there compared totally, to like the Los Angeles is crazy, so um, so we got on we we found a nice place and um my daughter at that point was in third grade, um and um so yeah she just like she transitioned pretty well to being there she was in in a Catholic school before that went to Burbank here so she's in private school, um, but yeah so now she's in freshman in high school and Damn. Uh, we, I just moved to Portland though like three months ago. Yeah. It's crazy. It goes by fast and, and balancing. Now, you, f- you found a balance now, obviously, because you went through the stuff earlier by being a father and being a musician and balancing. Like, yeah. cause I, I always say that going on tour is fantasy world and then coming home is total reality. Just balancing those two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I mean, do, that, it's, that's probably the most important thing is having that balance, you know? Yeah. Uh, to do uh, doing this because it, it, they all complement each other too. Like, I feel like I'll, I'll be a better, you know, Either or, I'm 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 enjoying myself more in, in in music. I'm more involved in the music if I'm not doing it all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And then when I come home, I I enjoy being a being a dad and just like enjoy taking my daughter to school every morning. I love that shit. Enjoy you know all that stuff, all the the little things that you know yeah you miss out on when you're on the road. Yeah, it's amazing. It's people think it's like, I mean, obviously you get to do what you love and you get to travel and you get to see the world and, but at the same time, it's hard when you have a family. You, you want to do both. Like you don't want to miss that, but also you love being on playing music and writing and performing and all that and people think it's like this easy it's not it's 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 fun once you're out there but i hate like the um 
the 23 hours in those days waiting to play that one hour, just sometimes it's draining. You just want to fucking, you're on FaceTime, you want to go home, you're in Europe somewhere, and it's fucking dreary and depressing. Yeah, man. It, that shit's hard sometimes, man. Like, yeah, I feel you. Being, being, away from, being away from the fam and yeah. living your dreams. And um, So how long have you been married for now? So I should know this right off the top of my dome, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, eight years now. Eight or, years. Or no, or no, let's see. Hold on, let's see. Uh, maybe more. Maybe nine. Maybe ten. I, I should know that, but I, I you get in trouble, right? I am gonna get in trouble. And I, I usually ask this question too. But you mentioned earlier about regrets. You talked about your regrets, and I already know one of my questions too is like, you're an optimist or a pessimist, but you're definitely a fucking. You got the PMA for sure. Yeah. And that's something it seems like you always had in your life. I think so. Yeah. You're like a ne- ne- never like never like a negative kid or like an angry person. Or yeah, like I mean, I went through a stage w- uh, when I was when I was young, like where, where I was getting where um, I mean, actually, this was like early on, when we, like when the band first started, whatever. But I, I went through this one, like maybe a year or two thing where I was like, I was like getting in fights and stuff a lot. Like I was like mad. Like at school? Not at school. Like I was already I was out of school. This Damn. was like when when we were like in a band, we were like okay, playing, like we would like go out and someone would look at me weird and I'd be like, what? You know what I mean? Chip like on your shoulder. Yeah, just kind of I don't know what it was, but like I kind of went through this thing and then and uh, but what's crazy? What what ended that was like we were actually playing a show one time we were in Bakersfield this was like one of the first times we were actually out playing shows and we were in a show at Bakersfield some dude came up um, we were playing at this little place there's hardly anybody there this dude was heckling the whole show whatever but it was like whatever I didn't really care about the heckling but then he he ran up on Chi and he like he like pushed him like when he was playing his bass he like went up like there's no one up there and he went up there and like like put like pushed him whatever and I just like my I just like snapped and I went off stage and I, I just started like beating the dude up whatever they pulled us apart and the dude got 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 pulled out of the club and then uh we kept playing the show um and um and probably play like two more songs and the show was over so we're at, at after the thing we're loading up our gear and this dude comes back with like you know eight of his friends Damn. with pipes and knives and shit and they come around they come around the, the the thing where we're loading up the trailer and um everybody started running abe Drummer, the little, the band? Every, we all started oh, yeah, running because yeah, yeah, these yeah. dudes, like dudes, coming. We saw him come around the corner, and I was like, "Oh, these these motherfuckers came back." And they, and I could, I could see one of the dudes had a pipe in his hand, like whatever, like Damn. whatever, just like running towards us. So we we turned around, and started jetting, and um, and Abe, poor little Abe, didn't see them coming, whatever. So they got him, and they 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 like they broke his jaw, broke his Holy collarbone, fuck. like whatever. So like we we circled around, like we ran around the building. By the time we were coming out of the building, I saw them jump into a, a car and, and drive off, and I just see Chi laying there, or, or, or Abe, Abe laying there, uh, and Chi and Chi's arms. Chi's uh, sitting on the oh curb. Abe's laying there, like unconscious, in, in Chi's arms, and uh, and uh, and Chi, I think, had got socked too. Whatever, I think he had like a black eye or something like that. Whatever, but like he was holding Abe, and then we took him to the hospital. And at that point, like that was like a, a life learning experience. I was like, oh, dude, I can't let my temp like because my temper because I got mad. I hit some dude, and now instead of me getting my ass kicked, my be- I had to see my best friend Damn. who had nothing to do with anything get That's his ass brutal. kicked. So I, that was like the end of like me fighting, or just like like where I just calmed down. And I just got like really just like like this like I'm not a fighter. I'm not like I just it's not, I don't like violence. Yeah, I don't like it either, man. Yeah, I didn't mind seeing violence like in movies and shit like that, or just some of the shit I experienced growing up seeing in New York through some of my wild friends. But then when you have a kid, everything the whole perspective of life kind of changes in the world and violence and all that shit and. The bullying, just all that shit. We fucking yeah. It's heavy. Did, did you you became a dad? You did you change a little bit your perception of? Um, 
really, when I had my daughter, for sure. I mean, that yeah. was like a big, that was like a big kind of thing for me. Yeah. Um, Get you emotional know, I, and shit. Yeah, totally. I mean, I still am. My daughter's so just emo. like, yeah, straight emo. <laughs> my, that, my, my, my daughter and my wife make fun of me. They call me emo all the time. Me too, man. My wife's they like just, tougher than I am. Like, I'm always crying to dumb movies and commercials and all this they shit. Clown, like, they clown on me all, it's all day, all day. But, <laughs> but it's like, but, um, but I don't mind. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's who I am. It's, it's a part of me. I mean, you know, um, it's just the way I am, I guess. Yeah. They always, they always call you baby and shit for like getting emotional. Yeah. They, they no, they literally say emo. They use the <laughs> word emo. My daughter would say like, dad, why are you being all emo right now? Right yeah. On. My, my wife does that too. And they, if I'm in the movie crying, I see my wife and my son pointing at me. I'm like, whatever. I'm fucking emotional. For me, I think it's, I definitely, I never get therapy, but I definitely think me and my brothers need therapy from my dad dying as, when I was three years old, my mm-hmm. mom raising three boys. Yeah. I talk about the podcast many times and I feel like this is kind of therapeutic for me just to talk about it or yeah, write lyrics sure. about it, but definitely need to see somebody about that because anything with a parent dying or some shit, dude, I just fucked. I can't even talk. Like some, one time Moon had to almost carry out of some fucking movie we saw a couple years ago. I was just bawling. You remember what it was? <laughs> Moon, you here? I don't know what the fuck the movie was, man. It was it fucking killed me, man. Just crushed me. Yeah. Another thing I was going to bring up, too, is it was interesting to talk about all the different shit in the band. I had Jim from Pennywise on the podcast two days ago. He talked about how Pennywise went to therapy three times. As a band? As a band. Wow. And how like he was talking about maybe there should be some sort of band therapist that comes on tours and sits with bands because bands are like dysfunctional families or brothers. and so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. But but they all went to therapy together. It's yeah. interesting. I think it, it depends. I mean, you do have to get a good. Th- uh, it's hard for me because I just I, I keep thinking about that Metallica one that I, that, oh, that I've dude. Seen, and that was like the worst thing in the world to watch. It was so hard to watch. I know, man. And like I just think especially it was, if Metallica. Like, yeah. Holy shit, that's Metallica. But I think it was more or less the therapist. That dude seemed kind of like a jackass. Mm. So like I was just like, you know, I yeah. don't know, like. It'd have to be the right the right person. Well, but definitely de- don't film it. But yeah, yeah. But but uh, yeah, that is probably <laughs> a big thing. But um, but you know, where I'm lucky as like you know, if you go back to our, our friendships, like whatever, yeah. like like we actually talk like as a, like as yeah as a band, like we'll 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 talk about certain things, yeah. whatever, like you know what I mean. So like so that's healthy, I think. That, there's that's no a, secrets. There's no, no like that's shit that's a big that's a big reason reason why I think we're we're able to function that that way because we actually do talk to each other about things like you know that are. A little deeper sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything besides sobriety that you would have did different with Deftones or are you happy with the whole entire career and everything you guys been through? And um, Yeah, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it always goes back to like, you know, what's, what led us here in a way. You yeah. Know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just think all that kind of stuff, whatever. I wish I could learn my lesson a lot earlier in life. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I think more, more, not so much as a band, but just as a father, I think that's where my main regret is like wanting, yeah. wishing that I would have been to be there, not just physically, but mentally. Yeah. And so Deftones been around since 89? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I, we always claim 88, but I don't know if that's true. That's I feel like... amazing. Because like, uh, it, we start. I mean, we started playing with... At least me, Stefan and, and, and me were playing around that time. Like, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, which was been 88. I suppose, suppose, supposed to graduate in 91. So, yeah, 88, 89, 91. Yeah. So, um... No wait, no, no. Eighty-eight would have been the first part of the year. Would have been uh, so my sophomore year would have been eighty-eight. So yeah, probably eighty-eight, eighty-nine, eighty-nine. Probably right around. Crazy around. man. Yeah. yeah, it's such a long fucking time, man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's to, in retrospect, it's pretty wild to think that like out of <laughs> and he's still doing it. Well right? over half my life, I've been like it's all you've been doing since then. Yeah, with this, yeah, it's just playing music and doing your love and fucking yeah. I'm pretty lucky for that. I mean, 
you know, being able to just grow up, become a man. I mean, pretty much, you know, grow Experience up and become everything a, in the band. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's hard to put Deftones in a genre. It really is. I mean, it's hard to like, cause you have, you have, you have so many different um, sounds and inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Definitely mm-hmm. the Bad Brains vibe and definitely mm-hmm. there's a lot of melody in there, but it's not like, you can't say it's a metal band or a rock band or a hardcore. I just feel like it's, it's hard. Have, have you, could you figure out what kind of, when people ask you like a random no. sit, I always it, it depends. I'll I'll look at the person and say what kind of answer she gets. So it's like, so it's like an, an an older lady or something at yeah. a supermarket. Oh, what do you do? I play in a band. What kind of? I just say oh, I play in a rock band, a rock right. and roll band, whatever. Yeah. If it's somebody who I think might know a little bit more about music, I'll be like, oh, I play like in a like a you know, like a a metal band or like a, a what I call it like a hard rock or hard, yeah. or like a I don't know. It depends who I'm, I'm talking to there, but but it is. There's not really any name for it. Whatever, there isn't, man. You, know you, got, you guys kind of created your own Which I think is good, too, because anytime a name comes on something, it seems to screw it up, too. Yeah. Right? But it's cool you cre- created like your own lane as far as like style and music because I can't put it in a category. I still can't. I, I don't know what category it's in at the record stores when there was record stores. Yeah. might have been under rock or something or metal. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's, it's. I think it started out being in the metal section, whatever. I think like, and I think it, Maybe alternative now. I don't even alternative, know yeah. I don't even think there is alternative. It was though, back right? then, though. Yeah, I don't With think Matt there's Pinfield, now. the alternative, fucking right? One twenty minutes. How come no? How come no solo hip hop? Yo, he was he was having a great time the other night at that Cure show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, I watched like like half the show with him on Saturday. He's a sober dude now too, man. Yeah, he's been through a lot of stuff. How about how come no like solo hip hop record from you? Because you love hip hop so much. You break danced. I don't know. I I thought I thought about, it, but then I, I at the same time it's like I don't I don't know how genuine it'd be now in my life. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, especially when I was going through that 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 era when I was telling you when I was just like bitter with when I had a chip that and then that 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 year or two when I had a chip much when I was whatever like when I I thought you know that I was hard I guess whatever or like whatever <laughs> like I probably could have made something like okay back then because I I I really believed in my head that I was just like angry and I was just mad at the world and or whatever I just like. I had a chip on my shoulder. I, I always thought someone was like, because uh, we did go through that. It's, it's crazy. At that time, we did go, we did get a little bit of flack from like, and we were in Sacramento because there was like a hardcore scene in Sacramento. Okay. And there were like straight edge hardcore bands, whatever too, and they didn't like us at all. Like, and and it's, and it, and some of it had to do with, probably a lot of it had to do with jealousy, I guess, in a way because like we, we 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 had like a strong fan base. We had a lot yeah. of people at our shows. A lot of the like our shows were like hardcore shows because they were like hard whatever, but like we were not hard. We were not in their in their scene, right? Gotcha. So there's a couple of dudes that were like were always talk shit. They would always come to shows. They'd always fucking like seriously. I'd be singing. They'd come right in front of me, flip me out to my face, whatever, whatever kind of shit like wow. that. Yeah, I mean, and so I was just like, oh, like that was my main thing that I, that I was mad about when I was a kid. I was like, where people would judge me or like or like talk, and they don't even know who the fuck I am, and I would get that would make me pissed off as a kid. Yeah. I don't know why. As a young man, I guess like that was like where I'd puff my chest. That I'd be like, "Oh yeah. motherfucker, you don't know me!" Like, 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 yeah. who do you think you're talking to? You know, whatever, whatever. So I like that's what like would get me into fights and stuff all the time. Yeah. But around that time, like, 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 I picture if I'd have made like like more like of a I don't want to say hardcore hip hop, but uh, but my I felt like it would have been more genuine, like me rapping because I like that anger was there, whatever. Yeah. Because that's the kind of rap I like. I like like gangster rap. I like mm-hmm. I, I didn't I, I've never really been into like conscious rap or backpack, backpack rap or yeah. whatever kind of stuff like that. Um, I like stuff that's like edgy, hard like rap. You, know you like mean? East Coast shit too? Some, but but uh, Damn. I mean, I mostly like Cube, man. I like Cube. I like, I like. He's you know, underrated, man, for yeah, sure. As one of the I, top. I, I like. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just. Who'll be your top five? Oh, that's it. Oh man, 
It's gonna be all West Coast too. Question. It might be. You know, fuck with Nas or Jay or I don't Biggie. Know. Um, yeah, I like Biggie. Um, Nas, I just listened to Illmatic the other day in my in my truck, and I, and I remembered how good it was. I remember it's I got it when greatest. it first came out. I liked it. New York State, New York State of Miles. That, that song is dope. Um, that's a flawless hip. That's it's one, good. That's the top. That's one of the best. I still do. I I actually jacked up uh, uh, that life's a bitch and then you die. That's what we call, I I uh, one of our songs. Every now and then I'll, I'll throw that line in there, Sick. whatever, like to the thing, whatever. But um, but I like that record. But I liked Wu. I like Wu Tang probably the best out of out of, the, out of the East Coast stuff. Um, I like Ultra Magnetic because I like Cool Keith. I, I still love Cool Keith. He's, he's still so one, interesting. He's still one of my favorite rappers just because the shit he says and how he says it is is fucking Were off you on the, the wall. Tour when he was on there? No. All right. No. He was rocking cowboy boots. It was so sick on the world tour. And like I love that dude. Shorts. Yeah. I love that dude. Uh, Ultra Magnetic. That's sick, man. Yeah. That's... Um. So definitely Ice Cube. NWA. Yeah. Um. Uh. NWA. Um. What else do I like from? I mean, I like. Uh, DJ Quick. Oh yeah. Like. Um. Who else do I? Did you fuck like? with Nipsey? You know what? Not too much. I didn't know too much about him. I still haven't really like. Really I, I figure one day I'm gonna have to sit down and, and dig into it. Yeah, and it's whatever. really great, man. Yeah, really smart. Really like. Yeah, he was great, man. Yeah. Is there any new hip hop? Not, not anything that I that I'm aware of. Do kids like hip hop? Um, my daughter listens listens to some stuff. Too. I mean, she's really good though about like she won't play anything in front of, like especially if that's <laughs> cuss words whatever. But I know she. I know she. You know, I know she knows knows of it. Whatever. How old is she now? She's fifteen. So, so she's she's no, yeah, she knows about it. Whatever. But she it's funny because uh, she had one of her friends over the other day, and her friends was in the her friend was in the car, and her friend put on something in the car, and it was like some, like some you know, bitches hoe shit. Whatever. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, like Lola got my daughter got all like nervous, like telling her like turn it off, like whatever. Even though. Is there a strict no swear rule? No, not at all. But I think she just like kind of has respect, respect like whatever. Where she like I knows knows if she is gonna listen to it, like don't listen to it in front of us. You know, when I was a kid. I was listening to Too Short and shit like that. Like <laughs> I would, I can imagine my daughter hearing that shit these days. You know Good what I mean? Shit, but yeah. I'm sure she has heard some of it. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I'm not. I can't be that naive to think that just you know she's out in the real world. She's gonna eventually she's gonna yeah. hear this stuff. Whatever. So it's crazy what the kids are exposed to now too with the internet with all that. I, and I love that you're. Not on the you're on, but you're kind of off the grid in a sense. Yeah, I feel that way. You low I feel, pro I could, on the internet, dude. I, I could, I mean, like social media is. I don't. I'm I'm very low key on that. Yeah, I, I love barely, that. I barely, you know, I have an Instagram, but I barely post anything. I know. And then um, and then like, but even like in public, like I like, I kind of like the level of success that I think that I'm at, whatever. Where it's like, I don't. I could go anywhere. I never. I've never had security guards. I never like, um. I, I always I, I I almost go everywhere by myself. I I, I ride my bike though? everywhere. Every town I go to, I always have my bike with me. Yeah. So I ride my bicycle everywhere in so. towns, wherever, and I, I go into like you know pubs, record stores, um, anywhere. I mean, you know, barber shops, anything, whatever. And like, and I just meet people. and I talk to people, and people are always like stoked about that. And I'm stoked about that. That I feel like I, you know, a lot. Sometimes people, the most thing people say, oh shit, Chino. When I was even in the hotel this morning, these kids are like some Mexican kids, like, are you Chino? It's like, yeah, man. Can I take a picture? Sure. Like, that's it. Just happy to to whatever. Just to, you know, whatever. People yeah. don't, aren't like overbearing. So I'm not that type of famous where I can't go places or or people are overbearing. People are generally Respectful. cool. If they know about my band, it's usually because they're not just fly by night music people. They no, kind of you know what I'm saying. They know, yeah. so they're just kind of stoked and they and and they respect in that way. I guess. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Does it happen in Oregon too? Get recognized and stuff? Yeah, but not that much. You know? Yeah. It's it's like you know maybe once or twice every couple days it's not it's not yeah. like you know yeah and i don't really go out like 
then again, I don't really like go out to clubs anymore and stuff like that, whatever, you know. My life, homebody, I'm very, I'm very much a homebody. Yeah. So when I do go out, it's like, you know, Home Depot and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. Just real life shit, right? Yeah. So what do you think about the kids and the phones and being exposed to all this shit now? It's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, it's sad actually, um, more than anything, because like I feel like kids are missing out on experiencing yeah. like life experiences, you know? Yeah, like we had, we're off the phone, skating, all that yeah. shit, like just living. I mean, like if you wanted to find something Oh, there's a half pipe over here. There's a ditch over here. You want to go skate? Whatever. Where's it at? You know, they got a GPS, whatever. You have to kind of remember directions someone told you in your head, and you get on your skateboard and you ride until you find it. And you stop and talk to people. Hey, you know about this? Or you know about that? Whatever. Blah blah. Same yeah. with music. Same with finding music. And and uh, I think the reason why I have such a kinship with music is is that. I like you had to search shit out totally like it wasn't totally. like like especially the music that we liked wasn't mm-hmm. like you know i even me liking all these british bands whatever like um you know yeah i guess they were somewhat popular like you know some you had to search it out you had to go find magazines and read yeah. it and read them and like even like thank or talk you to list. people read thank you lists and people open up the records and all that stuff yeah i mean that's how you find out about so many other bands or seeing who what bands people think or a and, shirt they're wearing anything like yep. that for sure so different kids and they're gonna have that yeah it's going on their phone that's it the discography's right there it's yeah. fucking and that's what's kind of sad because like you know because because that's how you kind of get you where you kind of feel like i don't want to say ownership but you feel a little bit more connected to like music i found this because you found it or whatever or or someone you know like whatever but it wasn't like you know just everybody knows about this whatever mm-hmm. you know, basic yeah i guess whatever that's my dog yeah. would say basic basic that's <laughs> <laughs> my, my my son uh obviously he's growing up around hardcore and punk rock and blues and all this shit my wife listens to but then like a couple years ago slayer was playing and my friend was working for him so let's go check out this band slayer you might like him checked out i was like oh that's cool but then we went to a different stage and that band fit for an autopsy was playing and my son's like holy shit yeah and he just how how old was he then 14 okay just clung to death metal and like all this like all this stuff that he would never heard in our household he kind of found his own music yeah and he connected to it now his favorite band the whole world is slipknot and he just loves that and fucking Fit for an autopsy and death and yeah. all the he's like showing me the shit that I never even listened to before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, well my son does the same the same thing. I mean Your older one? My older one, yeah. I yeah. mean they both do. And, and my, my daughter. Cool, I just want to say your son has such a cool style when I saw him, dude. Yeah, he's pretty he's dude. he's like really worldly for like Yeah, for, he's like super like he turns me on the craziest like French electro weird like he knows about and it's cool because he he likes a lot of new wave stuff, you know, whatever. Like so you. he even shows me some stuff that was is from the eighties. I'm like, you never I, heard I, it? I, I, how did I never hear about this? He's like, oh, yeah. this German band, blah blah blah, blah, blah like, play stuff for me, and I'm just like, and it's awesome. He's actually DJing the um our festival this this, oh, this week. He, he did it last year too, but he's he basically played between all the bands, whatever uh, whatever stages, uh, you know, they're they're doing changeover. He's doing he'll he'll do that, and he. He's very eclectic. He's musically like crazy eclectic. He had such a cool style. I was like, oh shit, that's your kid. He's yeah. super tall and yeah. shit. Yeah, he's just he's a smart kid. He's he's really street smart and he's super loving, good kid. Yeah, and then yeah. your other kid's a vegan. Yeah, he's hard, hardcore yeah. animal animal. He's got a fanzine and shit. Yeah, he's got an animal animal liberation uh, zine that he puts out. So how do you get into? If you're not into that, how do you get into it? Just um, he was really like into punk. He's been in a few different punk bands, but ever but like. Uh, uh, I just think like the scene, whatever, like you know, he's stuff he's into. I mean, the other day he actually hit me up and he was like, "Hey, could you get a could you get a hold of uh, this guy from Napalm Death, uh, Barney? That's my Barney." Dude. He's like, he's like, "Do you know Barney?" I was like, "No, I don't." He's like, 
Really? Could it's you my get, dude. Yeah, yeah. he's like, because uh, I want to get hold of him. I want to interview him for my zine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do it in a second. Okay, yeah. I was supposed to have my pockets, but he actually rolled his ankle, and then he found out later that his ankle was broken on most of the whole tour. Oh, that sucks. So he sat in a chair the other night when he played with um, Sick of It All and Municipal Waste. He had to sit in a chair. Okay. But I'll definitely connect your son. Okay. And Barney's an OG vegan, too. Yeah. That's so he's, so but, cool. but my son's like, you know, he does like, you know, he stands with signs. He goes to like the, I think the other thing, like the, um, you know, where they, where they take the, when they take the pigs in there and the people go and they give them water and yeah, stuff I like that. Yeah, I do vigils. I go to vigils every week. Yeah. So they, they do it up uh, somewhere up north too, I think, whatever too, where oh, he's, him shit. and his girlfriend, they do that kind of stuff too. Like he's super, like super animal. We're in the same thing. I go to all the pig vigils also. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. He goes to that. Yeah. How old is he? He is 22. And so he wasn't raised vegan. He just got into no, it that way. No, but you know what's crazy? He's like, he's always been really, um, like, he doesn't like violence at all, too. I remember, like, like there was these cartoons when he was little. Like, I, I forget the name of the, the cartoon that I got for him. It was, like, this DVD of this cartoon. Ren and Stimpy? No, it wasn't Ren and Stimpy. It was something like that, though. And and I, and I he came, and he put it back in the DVD case, and he came and brought it to me. He's like, Dad, I don't want to watch this. It's too violent. Like, whatever. Because it was, like, you know, animals, like a like cartoon but whatever, but it was like, you know, kind of like, you know, Tom and Jerry type of stuff, but like, you know, violent, like animals. That and shit like, was really violent. Yeah. And, he, and, and there was a time, I think during that, whenever like when cartoons were getting a little like very edgy, like that bloody and whatever, blah, yeah. whatever. And like, he just like, as a little kid, I remember he just like, didn't, he was like, dad, I can't watch this. I don't want to watch this, you know, whatever, yeah. kind of, whatever. I was like, oh shit. And I looked at it. I was like, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I, I could see why you wouldn't want to watch this, whatever. Isn't but like, crazy? but like, he's always super super like like you know like the warmest hearted compassionate kid, compassionate yeah. kid that you'll ever meet like he he won't know you like he'll come and he just he'll give he hugs everybody he's super super nice kid but it's crazy because he's like he's the crust punk like you know crazy like whatever so like people see him they probably just they you know they probably just think like it's just like holy shit. crazy punk rock kid but whatever but he's like the warmest soul and hardcore animal rights too like yeah. activist yeah yeah. And does he go to school and stuff or no? College no, he's uh he's out of school. He 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 uh he works like uh I think he might take a, a class or two at like City College, but he's he has like two jobs. He works like a you know, a couple of restaurants and you know lives and with his girlfriend, rides his bike, too? he won't he won't drive a car. You know, he's just Sick. like super he's, like he's legit. He's legit. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and then we also we skipped about uh your last record Gore that came out in two thousand sixteen. Yep. And and how was that received? It was kinda weird. It was like um it was like the first time when we put uh, in a while that we put out a record that we just like kind of took our time with and and sort of I don't want to say we I don't know I want I, I want to say that that we kind of got out of what we put into it. It was one of those things where like we kind of just like you know uh, we kind of made it on our spare time and just kind of whatever blah blah. But we we didn't really. Stefan had had a hard time sort of connecting with us because what happened was is that we we. Um, since we're all living out of town, we we yeah. were working out of here in um in a we we're working in the valley at this little spot, this little lockout lockout we had, and so I'd be here staying in a hotel room, Shit. um and I, I like I just wanted to be home. So like if I'm here, I want to be working. So the downtime in, sucks. So the downtime sucks. So I'd be in the studio, and then Stefan would show up, and he'd be like, oh you know, very nonchalant, very whatever. And like me and Serge were just like, oh you know, we're here. Like we, you know, we've been up since seven in the morning having coffee and just like whatever, like talking about the stuff we're working on. So we go in there, and we start working right away. And I think in the way what ended up happening is he kind of started to feel edged out a little bit. Like Sergio and I were just writing, doing a bunch of writing. Gotcha. We're waiting for him to to come in and 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 write a song. But if he wasn't going to come in, 
enjoying what we're doing or, or start something new, we would just continue on what we're doing. Yeah. So just because we're just we're here. Yeah. Living in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Away from our families, whatever. He lives here, so for him, it's a little bit more relaxed. So totally. So that dynamic sort of carried over through the recording of it. So by the time the record was done, Stefan wasn't wasn't as much a part of he was a part of the record, but not as much as as I would like him to be, as as the totally. fans and everybody would like him to be. Yeah. And then what ended up happening is as soon as the record came out, he did an interview and he and he was honest, you know, and he said, Yeah, I wasn't really a much part of this record. So right. right away everybody said, Well, well, you know, it was like, Oh, well, it's not really Joe Deptone's record, it's more of like whatever. So then everybody kinda got that opinion, like, you know, whatever. And in retrospect, I listened back to the record. It's good. I think it could have been mixed better. There's certain things that could have been better about it yeah. here and there, whatever. But I don't think it's a bad record by anybody means. But would I like Stefan to be more involved in it? Hell yeah, I would. Yeah. So kind of the, that's kind of where the record kind of sits, you know, in that in that yeah. area. So now we're making a new one. We've been we've been we we uh, worked on most of it over the last summer, and I'm working on the vocals for it right now. But um, awesome. But you know, I think that was learning experience that you know, Deftones record should be a co- real collective, yeah. and and they don't need to come out until they are that. Yeah, you know what I mean, so so we don't need to rush it, or we don't need whatever. So, you know, when when everybody's together and and is equally contributing and, yeah. and that whatever, that's when we do our best work. So, yeah, do do you ever let the opinions of the critics bother you? Uh, or I, 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 I would say I know I I don't, but hell yeah, that shit. <laughs> yeah, hard. yeah, man. I'll read I'll read something like I'll read a million good things, and then I read one bad one thing, thing, and then I'm dude, the rest just, of the day I'm just like bummed. Or like one negative comment, my wife's like, "You're a fucking pussy." You let that one fucking comment bother yeah. you out of like hundreds. Like yeah. one thing, a I mean, it doesn't bother me that bad because I you do have to do have to know that it's like you know, it's it's like, like I, we're the one making the like you know what I mean if you really like to research and look at this person opinion do they even make music you know what I mean if they did is it good fucking, or whatever yeah. well, well you know what I mean it's like I've also been doing this for you know the fact that I can still write songs after be, being with the same dudes for the, you know for this long whatever I'm pretty proud that we still make music so like yeah. like I'm sure not everybody's gonna like it or it's not gonna be everybody's favorite thing that we've done yeah um you know we also have a lot to that that we have to live up to I mean we've made some really rad records really young in our career yeah you know and I was a kid then I'm 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 46 years old now so like you know I'm not the same Looking person 46 man thank you thank you yeah you too uh-huh. um but but yeah I have we have you know like happy just that i'm still making music so like so to let anybody like deter me from like or or really feel bad about it like i'm not gonna do that yeah yeah um is that kind of why you don't fuck with the internet too because all the negativity and shit yeah well also too because like i think once you open up yourself to a certain thing then it's like you come become a slave to it in a way where, where where it's like see like i have a twitter account whatever and that's the only like open thing that I have because my Instagram's private and my Facebook is the only one I have, and that's just my friends and family private too. Whatever. Yeah. Or you have to accept people, I guess, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my, my Twitter isn't. But I never answer anybody back on Twitter because, and I feel kind of bad sometimes because sometimes people will like it's at me shit. and they'll do some real heartfelt shit, and I just want to like write back, like, hey, I read this. But, but then I know if, once I re- respond to open one person, up, I open it up and then I don't respond to someone else. Someone else is going to be mad at me because I didn't win. So if I just don't do it at all, yeah, then it just like kind of out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. So in a way, it kind of sucks. It's like whatever. I actually don't really use Twitter that much. If anything, I, I, I'll, I'll, I usually uh, tweet a link to a song or some music, a YouTube clip of, of some uh, uh a live performance of a band or yeah, or yeah, yeah. some uh, rare music or something like that, whatever that I'm listening to, whatever. And honestly, that's what I would like. If more than I'd like to hear anybody who I, you know, music I admire or whatever, blah, blah, instead of hearing or seeing a picture of them, their cereal or what they're eating, whatever, whatever I'd much <laughs> rather like, 
like uh or selfie of themselves i'd much rather um like have them turn me on to some music or like or or you know something an article of something or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. like whatever like oh that's what they're into you know what i mean because then yeah i feel like that's knowing them a little bit more than than just like tweeting out hey i'm here at so-and-so this or that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah did you did you ever feel like quitting or, or trying something else that wasn't music? um I, I did at that at that time um like that that hard time whatever i, I did think about quitting um without really any thought like what else am I going to do? I didn't really think about that. I didn't, so actually I didn't think about it too hard, <laughs> but, um, you never had a plan B though, right? No, no. I mean, it's kind of awesome. I mean, I love, I love music Me and I would love to just like do something with music. You know what I mean? Um, I got, I got l- last year I did something really cool. I, I, um, I got to do this, uh, this, uh, uh, score this, this movie or this like series thing on, uh, Hulu. Oh shit. And, um, it was my first time doing that and I had a blast doing it. Um, I have a like studio at my house with like tons of like old keyboards and stuff like that that I like to like you know mess with. Cool. So like I went and just like watched it all and just like made made a score to this thing and it was super fun. Damn. Um, so I'd be interested in doing like something that later on in life, like you know when I'm not cool. you know able to run around and scream my head off anymore. Yeah. I'd like to be able to like still be creative musically, but maybe you know still be able to make a living doing it maybe something like that you know yeah it's, it's such it's such a long it's such an amazing journey you had so in just 88 whatever 89 just till now it's fucking you're doing what you love it's pretty amazing yeah man your parents super super psyched you yeah did a bunch of your shows obviously both, and all my, that. both my parents are very supportive and just super happy and proud and they'll both be there on san diego on saturday so this is your festival saturday yeah yeah we it's, it'd be the second year that we did it we uh last year we did the first one Dia de los Deftones and it's um Halloween vibe, uh kind of you know yeah. Day of the Dead kind of vibe yeah. and and we um but uh the the funnest thing is curating the artists so it's like you know all the artists uh, dope all the stuff for the yeah it's it's yeah. it's kind of like making a mixtape but like a live show you know what I mean it's like oh, okay you know and that's kind of how kind of was scrolling through my iTunes okay let's like what I, you know, what would be fun like to see you know like yeah. it's like a band like Hum that's playing this one whatever it's like they're not they they I don't even know if, I didn't even know they were together as a band or playing shows anymore oh shit but i was like i always wanted to see them like yeah whatever. I n- i've never seen them live and i've been into that band since the, the mid 90s i know they broke up for a while but uh but yeah like they got back together uh, or either they were back together or whatever but yeah they now do the show so they're doing it um my son likes gojira gojira yeah what is gojira is awesome they're okay. they're a, they're a french metal band okay yeah. but they're really good man they're like musically really good super tight consistent and like really cool like groove you know metal kind of yeah. melody stuff whatever and their and their lyrics are really cool they're like kind yeah. of environmental like oh shit like talk about you know things that are not preachy but just like uh artistically it's not like uh you know dumb metal shit yeah it's educational you know, it's, 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 it's just shit. just like it's interesting yeah, uh, yeah and the music is really good and they're french that's cool yeah is there any new st- new stuff you listen to new bands oh man um or do you tend to stay in the old classic stuff? No, I mean, I, I, I listen. I get up and listen and, and research music pretty much every day, every other day. Well, um, YouTube is everywhere. It's checking YouTube, shit out. but also like there's a few sites that I go to like that. Um, like we're just it shows like uh, new releases, like stuff that's not even on the like, like in iTunes, just like oh, like shit. random like underground stuff, whatever. There's like a few sites that I've that I've found over the years. That's fucking awesome. And so you can just like, um, um, there's some. Yeah, they, you just just find whatever, and it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of like going back to your kid where you just like see the artwork, and you'd be like, I don't even know who this is. Yeah, and then you know, um, it says uh, the description of it will say like, uh, I don't know, like um, 
down tempo something whatever blah, blah, or whatever yeah. and then you kind of just like you know um and then and then if the if the album cover looks cool <laughs> right i'll just be like totally. instead of instead of like downloading it, whatever i'll like search for it on youtube so i can find anything else from them and if i like it and then i'll go find it and get it yeah yeah but um but yeah there's tons of stuff like that i mean like you know if i look at my phone but like like it's just like like um uh, nothing with like uh like let's see like recent talent like uh, i've been listening to like nils from i don't know if you know that is a piano no. piano piano dude he's put out um a couple of good records in the last couple of years, but like just super lo-fi, like piano stuff where you can hear like the pedals, like him. Holy it's like shit. it's record the, the way it's recorded. It's like it sounds like you're in the room with him, just playing piano. It's really melancholy, like that's sad sick. piano stuff. But like, you know, and that's another reason why my 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 wife and my daughter call me emo all the time because I listen, to, <laughs> like you know, what I mean, I'm I love like you know, like when we cook or when I'm cooking or when we're eating dinner, like whatever. I always have like like rad music playing in the house, whatever. It's, sure, yeah. But it's usually pretty sad stuff like this, whatever. <laughs> so they're like, turn this off, whatever. But, but, um, are you a Coldplay fan or no? You know, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, so here's the thing with Coldplay. I got into trouble f- uh, for this not too long ago. Really? Yeah. So check this out. So I was in, um, I was in, I really love the cure. Cause we got, I, we had, we had a little emo moment at that. I got yeah. emo and I turned it on. I saw you. I was a emo one of the songs. That okay. Was a, Great here's the thing i have i haven't heard the right coldplay song yet i'm gonna set you up because all i've heard i know the yellow song and i know the ones that that the that, hits the hits that i that i don't really like they just don't do anything for me so okay. but i was doing a um, an interview um and they were like um and this is like a loaded question that anytime you do an interview like like what like what don't you like or whatever blah blah and it's like or 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 and and like I hate answering that question because right away it's like talking shit and I don't like yeah, to talk yeah, shit. You know what I mean? Name. It's a setup. So it is a setup. So I said, well, it's not that I don't like them, but I said, but I just, this was on the, uh, you know, the, uh, in the car the other day and, and like, it didn't make me feel anything. I was like, it was Coldplay and like, it didn't make me sad, happy, anything. It just sounded like elevator music, something to me, whatever. Right. Yeah. And then, yo, the backlash was crazy. <laughs> Chino talks shit about Coldplay. He hates Coldplay. Blah blah whatever. So like, then people started like tweeting me like, whatever. What do you mean Coldplay sucks? You suck. Your band sucks. Whatever. Blah blah. Oh, it's just God, like, dude. it's like you know what I mean. It's like, why did I even answer that question? Mm-hmm. So that being said, I I I have not. I I was at a bar one time, and a Coldplay was on actually, and and I was like, uh, and then and I didn't know what it was, and it must have been a rare song or something. I asked, okay. I was like, what is this? He saw this Coldplay. I was like, this is Coldplay. Cause and it must be one of the first records or something, but because it, it didn't sound like the the really over polished kind of like you know um, stuff. Ghost, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. So so then I was like, oh, so then I said to myself, you know what, I do, I need to go back and like just listen to some stuff because I bet you they do have some stuff that I would probably relate to. Yeah. Yes. So Ghost Stories is kind of a dark record. You might like that. Is that one of the earlier ones? It, it's a couple. It's like four albums, maybe back. Okay. It, it wasn't like a happy go lucky album. Was kind of a, he was in a place where he. Okay. Got a divorce with his but, wife. So is that is that your is that your emo go to? Like if you want to just like get into your your feelings. You, you two and Coldplay, man. <laughs> you two Coldplay. Uh, I love Sade. I love Cranberries. I love the Sundays. Okay, I like Sundays. Yeah. Um, Embrace. I don't even know who Embrace is. It's uh, dude, you fucking love Embrace. If you haven't heard him. Embrace, I've heard of him. Emakai is one of Emakai's projects. Oh, I didn't know that. After yeah. after um, Minor Threat. Um, but it's like kind of it's like OG emo. It's original emo before anything really? was ever emo. Well, I think Fugazi's one of the first emo bands. If you really want to, well, I mean, they're emotional. But before that, there was Embrace, dude. I'm gonna say this. You're gonna bug out. It's it's one of my top favorite. It was records. before Fugazi or after Fugazi? Yeah, before. Okay. 
incredible. I saw him play once. It's like they throw flowers on the stage with this whole like summer of love thing in Washington D.C. Right to spring in these other bands. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude. Embrace is amazing. But yeah, Coldplay. Something about it, man. And me and my son connected to it at a young age. Then you see him live, and it's this fucking. I'm not gonna say it's a religious experience because I'm not a religious person, but it's just this experience of this positive energy and fucking okay, and the crowd participation, the sing-alongs, and the fucking. They have a new record just came. A new song called Orphans is out right now. It's awesome, but yeah, I just they got me, man. I think they're like the next generation of U2, which I love U2 also. But okay, and um, you mentioned Bullet the Blue Sky back in this. You yeah. must like U2 a little bit back yep. then. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, I think when I was in high school when um, Joshua Tree came out, and um. That was like everybody, like everybody was listening to it. Yeah, it was like every you know first sort of like you know house party, like you know with girls and yeah. like that kind of like that was like the soundtrack kind of to like that kind of like coming of age kind of stuff. What is an artist that makes you emo? What's like one artist that just fuck gets in your feels and you fucking? Um, I mean, I, obviously Depeche Mode, The Smiths, I think too. Like you know, or, like uh, I've always I've loved Morrissey. Always like a lot of his, um, his solo stuff. I like I love it, yeah. Yeah, I mean his first few solo records I, I, I think is I like better than the Smiths. Mm-hmm. Um Um but yeah, that kind of stuff. Um the cure obviously cure like fucks me up, you know, dude. it's weird though too that's like I I have a hard time I don't have a hard time saying it, but 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 like <laughs> but explaining to people sometimes about the cure because like it's sad that like people a lot of people's you know, their idea of the cure is like Friday I'm in love and like, you know, like those Boys those songs. Don't cry. Yeah, whatever, and it's like, you know, like, like I like the stuff that the Cure songs that I don't like, I really don't like. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the the Happy Cure stuff, I like don't uh, the kind of real poppy stuff, I just don't like. But like the dark stuff, like you know the the pornography like stuff, yeah, yeah. the um, uh, even the seventeen second stuff, the old the you know the Faith record, whoo mm-hmm. that now that's a sad record. The Faith record, yeah, um, and it's cool too. It's like real, a lot more electronic. It's like you know, like drum machine kind of vibe, like really slow and uh, just dreary and dark and gray. Yeah. And, um, so I've always been sort of like you know into that sort of vibe when I was in high school and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So the uplifting cure shit, you're not a fan of. No, I think it all makes me emotional in some way. I don't know why. Just seeing this dude and Jesus. Yeah. Just like uh, it's not really human. It seems like he's just no. I mean, when I first saw him in real in real life, we were um. Well, I actually saw the the the, the uh, disintegration tour. Like when oh, I shit. saw him, saw him. But but when I met him, we were playing. It was around the fur. We were playing. It was when the record first came out, and we were at uh, SAR Studios playing a, a, like a. It was a, one of the first um, internet broadcast like live broadcasting concerts so like it's so like we played it we set up an sr that we had a, like a few contest winners but then we basically sh- it was streaming like a streaming okay. show it's like an experiment or something old school shit and so we were so we were doing that and um i didn't know this but the cure were rehearsing next door and robert smith came in while we were playing Dude. he came in and watched some of our show so i got on stage and my tour manager goes hey you know the, uh, that band the cure and i was like yeah like the, the singer was in here watching you and he asked if when you're done if you go over if you go over and talk to him, and I was like, "Huh? No way, dude!" Swear to God. What? So I, so I, I literally just like dropped all my shit, and I walked <laughs> over there, and they were rehearsing. Sure enough, next door, and he comes up, and he's like, "Hey!" And he starts asking me. We, we had this song on the on that record called Mascara, and it's on other, and it's the probably the most emo song on on uh on around the fur. And he had that's I guess when he walked in, he heard that song and watched okay. it. So he started asking me about it. And then Holy he st- and then he was like asking like you know I th- I think he like he remembered like a couple two of the words from the song so he was like 
like asked me about the words and stuff like that. And I was Damn. like, what? And then he started telling me a story about like, like, like him and like whatever. And it was like, I'm sitting there talking to somebody whose records are cassettes that I, that I used to have lined up in my top sock drawer in my, in my house. Like, I like would just open my sock drawer, my, my dresser and look at them every day. Just like <laughs> I have all of them. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. you know, um, a lot of them didn't have the, the, the lyrics written in them either. Cause they're cassettes. So I'd listen to the cassette. I'd stop it, rewind it. And I'd write down, the, I'd figure out what the lyrics were and write them down. I mean, that's how I kind of figured out. I figured, I think that's kind of how I learned how to write lyrics is by doing that. That's awesome. You know, that, um, yeah. So, um, so to sit there and talk with him about lyrics and this and that, whatever, and like want to tell him like, I'm, like the reason why I'm probably, you know, have this job or singing is and writing is because of you, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was like, that was pretty surreal. And then I got to meet him again when we did, uh, we did the, uh, cure icon thing. It was like a, um, they did it in London and okay. it was, and it was like a, um, it was a cure, uh, other bands going up and playing their songs for them. And then they got up and did some songs, but it was like in a, front of them. Yeah. It was MTV icon things in Holy front of them. Shit. It was weird when we did, uh, but we did, uh, if only tonight we can sleep, which mm-hmm. is like a, pretty much instrumental from those but there's some there's like one verse or one line in there and he's song. in the audience and he's just sitting there just staring at just sitting there playing their song and looking at it, just seeing all their hair just saw like you know holy shit it was pretty rad and then the other day i got to i mean after the show i was backstage with them hanging out and it was cool man he's so he's so just sitting there having a beer with him and he's just like you know he's so mellow and like Damn. and like but uh He's super like engaging, like you know what I mean. If you want to talk to him about stuff, like he he'll like engage in conversation. He's not just like oh, he'll listen hey, to you. yeah, and then he'll have something to say back and like and listen to what you're saying. So it's not like you know, hey, I'm Robert Smith. I'm you know, yeah, I'm sure you want to meet me. What do you want to know? Like it's it's like it's like a genuine sort of like conversation that you have with somebody who you would imagine having a conversation with. Pretty yeah, much. I was on stage watching you guys, and fucking, I looked to my left. All of a sudden, he's on stage watching you guys. And clapping after each song, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm glad I didn't look over because I would have gotten." Dude, he's like kind of head like rocking out, and then um, as soon as you guys are done, Sergio comes off. He sees me, and he goes to give me a hug, and then when he hugs me, he turns around. And I don't tell him, but Robert Smith's coming from behind, and he taps Sergio on the shoulder, and Sergio turns around. He's like, "Good show, mate." Whatever, and Sergio <laughs> doesn't realize it's him at first. He gets a double take. It's like, "Holy shit!" And once he realizes, <laughs> Robert Smith had like get, blinked his eye and walked away, and then it was just like a surreal moment. Sergio's like, "Oh my god." I was like, dude, he's watching your set, fucking rocking out. It was so yeah. cool, man. Moon, she loves, she loves Robert. She, she loves got, she got to meet him before, right? Yeah, she did. She was like in shock. She got to meet him. She's like, hi, I don't speak English. She didn't want, she didn't want to say. But Moon was, I saw Moon at the recepting end of the stage where Robert go, here he comes. Because like, <laughs> ah. sometimes you want to meet your heroes and shit, like and, yeah. But he seemed obviously you say he's super cool, he is, and man. easy he's, to talk to, and fucking. He's awesome. Yeah, with Morrissey, like I, I that's kind of what I fear, like. Of, of ever you know meeting him whatever that he'll probably that he and and obviously i've heard that he's you know not the friendliest person whatever but then again i i don't want to listen to what other people say so yes. if i were to meet him i'd be happy but like at the same time i would be a little ner- i would be nervous that he, yeah that he would be maybe some type of way i don't know yeah so i, I got to meet i got to meet him get a photo and i met him at this punk show on at the fucking roxy i don't know the fuck it was he was at a, he, he goes to punk shows he was and he came out, and I saw him. I said, oh, nice to meet you. And I only know him because of his animal rights stuff. I was never a big Morrissey fan or Smith fan. I respect the Meet Murder record that came out. Mm-hmm. Such a strong, powerful title for the, early, mm-hmm. for the 80s to come out. Yeah. And I know all the stuff he's done for the animals. That's where I know him from. So I said, oh, I'll give it a photo. And I really did it because I was my friend wasn't there, and he has all these, he's like 15 Morrissey tattoos. He's obsessed with this guy. Okay. So I'm going to get a photo and show him. I took a real quick photo. He was super nice, and that was it. But but I, I'm not a big fan, so I didn't freak out. I was like, oh, what's up? You know what I mean? Yeah. But Robert Smith's a different story. and fucking. Yeah. 
Madonna would be another fucking yeah. But you did get to meet her, right? I did, but there's no phones. I had the moment, so I had the one moment at CB's, and then after that, she was trying to sign Rancid, and we opened up for Rancid the Roseland, and I remember, in the VIP section, I see my wife sitting down, and then later, a couple of seconds later, I realize that my wife is gone, and then my wife's pointing, and my wife had been sitting in Madonna's chair. So then Madonna's there when we play, and Moon's in the back, like, oh shit. Yeah. And then after the show, we came downstairs, and it was that time of the summer and that vibe when Madonna was wearing those see-through slips. Like women were just wearing slips at that time. Okay. So you could see straight through underwear yep. bra. And I come down, and Lars, like, oh, we meet somebody. I went downstairs, and she's there with Freddie DeMann and maybe yep. Guy Rosseri. Yeah. So I go meet my friend, and she goes, I remember. She grabbed, I swear to God, she grabbed my arm. She goes, I remember you. And she showed my tattoo to Freddie DeMann of her on my arm. And all my friends, like these New York Harkadoos, like, yeah, were, like everybody. bugging on that moment. Yeah. And she was super nice and yeah. fuck. And then ended up being the Madonna table book. It's like a half paid story. I get to tell my story about meeting Madonna at CB's. And I'm in a punk band and I like Madonna. And we covered her song, Like a Prayer. It was just, it was just crazy. I posted all on my wall. And then I met my wife and she became, she's my real Madonna. So those posters were gone. Yeah. But I got to meet her and it's cool. You get to fucking have those moments with I her. I still have a, um, she gave me a, um, a, a picture or a a poster, the black and white poster oh, of her naked, sh- like in bed, and she signed it to Chino, all my love, blah, blah, blah. And I have it framed, and it's in my bathroom. <sighs> right now. Actually, I have a Madonna bathroom at my house. I have I have that one of her, then I have her with the luchador mask on. Oh, yeah. And then I have a, yeah, I have like three different Madonna uh, pictures framed in my bathroom. So it's, I call it the Madonna bathroom. Fuck, she's playing there too, like six nights at the Wiltern. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. I'm psyched to see that. I'm just coming through where you live, but she's on this tour right now. Oh, really? Like small clubs. Okay. Yeah, I'd be interested to see to see her. I she um well I was in Denver uh that was a few, few years back, whatever, and uh and uh she was playing and a guy came and met me at the hotel. We went and had some coffee and then he was like, Oh, you come to the show, you come to the show and then after the show I just I don't know why I didn't go. But I did I I missed I missed out on it. I should've Damn. went because I could definitely probably hung that night. Are you guys, we, we, you guys all records weren't on Maverick though, right? Uh well yeah, uh basically uh, Maverick was uh uh it's gone. Yeah, no. It uh, Warner Brothers basically took, okay. took it over. Okay, and they kept. They only, I think they only kept us in uh, Atlantis. I think was the only. So team. that's another label. You've been on this label the whole fucking yeah. time. That's fucking yeah. crazy. So man. yeah, it's a lot of the same people. Yeah, from from day one. There's a few. But how many bands even have a career as long as yours and stay on this, especially a major label? Yeah, it's pretty fucking nah, crazy, it's man. It's pretty nice. Well, fuck, man. I think we covered a lot. We talked over two hours. Was that we did two shit. hours. Yeah, it's great, man. Damn, that's pretty. Um, good. At all my notes, try to be prepared. What, what's what, one funny story I want to tell you is that like I don't know if it was did Tinsley work for you guys? Somebody, yeah, he still works for us. Yeah. yeah. So I got a message. I don't know how long ago it was through Tinsley that Yo, Chino loves Rap Reports podcast. I'm gonna get him on the podcast. So then, th- and this is no diss to you because I'm speaking for Mike. Because Mike knows nothing about anything. But hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was I like, know. Yo, Mike. You got to get my man, this guy Chino from the D. He's like, what the fuck is a Deftone? I'm like, dude, you have to get my man Chino. He sings this band. Deftones are dope. They want to spend your podcast. He loves your podcast. He's like, all right, all right, all right. All right just tell me more about it. I started telling about the band and shit. Yeah. And then it happened. Yeah. No, and, that was rad. And how, I, where I, did you do that? On the phone or go see him? Well, I, I, listen, I had gone through a lot of channels. I went, I was like asking Dom, you know, uh, uh, yeah, Deluca, Brooklyn yeah, Dom. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. Dom. I was like, you know, because I know he knows, you know, I was just asking anybody. I was like, you know, you know, Mike, I was like, yo. His podcast is my, my favorite. It still is my favorite podcast. Yeah. No disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my my man talks so much shit, and I love Crazy, the fact man. that like he um, yo he puts it out like to he have to have a like a career like most people wouldn't like like you know just be that wild on, on the I mic. Know, man. You know what I mean? That disruptive is what he calls it. Yes. Like you know, but like he just he holds it down and he says what he feels and he's and he's like and he's funny as shit. I just love him. I know. So uh, so yeah, I listen to that shit all the time, and then I um. 
And then, uh, and then, yeah, I'm, uh, I always hear, you know, I always hear him talking about, yeah, me and Toby going hiking. I was like, shit, yeah, he's yeah. home with Toby. And then, and then Tinsley was like, oh, I know Toby. And then you came out, we were at Kimmel, and you brought me that shirt. Yep. And then, uh, yep. And then, yeah, shortly after that, we were we were on tour. Did you and do then, that in person? Uh, no, he did it on the phone. Okay. But just texting with them, I was like, this is rad, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, every now and then, I'll shoot them, you know, text about something, whatever, you know, whatever, some yeah. sport shit or whatever. He knows nothing about. I, I I could tell even when I, I talked to him he didn't know anything about but yeah I, I even think with like with like H two O he's like oh you know he's just a band H two O or something like he talks about Utopia he's like oh you know it's, it's like all- it's like punk rock or something you know <laughs> <laughs> I took him to see the Bad Range he's like what the fuck is this shit then he came to H two O show did his first stage dive he's been on some of our records he's been on our videos he just knows me through that he was nothing about yeah. hardcore he's a hip hop dude. Yeah. And what I love about Mike is that he he knows nothing about punk, but he's the most punkest person I know. He literally gives zero fucks yeah. what people think. Yeah, he'll put you on blast. Who who posts the most negative, threatening messages on his Instagram, and they have the shame game where they call you up. But he doesn't give a fuck. People, I go hiking with the people come with the old Mike, lay off on the brawn. They're up to him and say some shit. Yeah, like, yeah whatever. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. That's why that's why you got love. That's why you love him. He's what, so he's what did, I want to be. How did you how did you meet him? How did you great great point? I'm about to have this motherfucker in my podcast too when he gets back. Uh, I don't maybe 17, 18 years ago, we both going to see I don't want to say what the band I've, I've got to think about the band. We're crossing to go to the Fonda. We're crossing uh, Hollywood Boulevard to go to the Fonda. It was the Pussycat Dolls and some other shit, some random shit. Okay. We both cross, a cop pulls up. Pulls us to the side to get jaywalking tickets. Both of you guys at the same yeah, time. Both have New York ID. Mike's like, yo, fuck that. I'm fucking screaming at the cops. I'm like, and I know Mike from True Romance, my yep. favorite movie uh, of all time. That's one of my favorite movies of all time as okay, well. Okay, th- so I have it in my wedding band. I have tattoos of it. To this day, Mike's like, yo, when you get the Dick Ritchie tattoo, I'm not getting a picture on my Sorry, Mike, I'm not getting a picture <laughs> on my body. I have no room for you. I have to be down by my taint. Anyway, we both get jaywalking tickets together. Mike's like, fuck this. They recognize Mike. He still gets a ticket. And then I, I say a couple words to him. Then just right from there, I start seeing him at like these hip hop clubs. And then, and then randomly, Brooklyn Dom's original uh, Brooklyn Projects on Merrill's, it was a skate ramp in the back. One day I went there and he was there with his kids. I'm there with my son. They're both the same age. Mm-hmm. Started talking then. And then became friends. Like he right. knew nothing about straight edge or vegan or punk rock or anything. And yeah. like started going hiking. I see him at Runyon too. Then we started going hiking and became super tight. Yeah, man, it's just, and to this day, it's like, oh, fuck punk rock and all this shit. He breaks balls, and um, it's interesting because he's the biggest vegan ball breaker I know. Two weeks ago, I brought him to a pig vigil. I could not believe he wanted to go. Is I, I, I'm going to get into it. I, I, I heard him talking about it. He, yeah, he, 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 on one of his podcasts, he, he talked about going. Because he breaks balls, yeah. and like I had a meat-free shirt. I was yeah. like, yo, free meat, just talking shit. Yeah. And I brought him there, and that motherfucker just connected with the pig. I just never seen Mike, the most biggest ball breaker of my being me being vegan to go and do this i was so proud of him dude wow and he, and he wants to go back when he gets back and like that was a really a powerful moment for me because i just never expected him to want to even do that yeah and i never preached shit to him and every time there's a vegan if he's beefing with morris he was like who tagged me in a fucking tweet i'm like dude i don't know morris he's like dude all you vegans are friends like don't put my name in a fucking beef when you go off with morrissey because yeah. i'm the only vegan friend like yeah i love it he's he's the best and he's the real he's a real cat and he's a real ball breaker and he but also a lot of that shit you see, because people are like, how you hang out with me? We both have matching PMA middle finger tats. It's like, how you hang out with Mike? So I said, dude, don't believe all the shit you see on the internet of Mike. Yeah. It's a persona too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he's a fucking, he's an awesome human being. I wouldn't hang out if he was your piece of shit. Yeah, right. So that's cool you got to be on there and, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for uh, linking that up. That was cool. Yeah, and here and he called now. me, and it was totally like I could tell, like he didn't know, you know, he didn't know whatever. But he did. It, it was a decent interview. I was just stoked to be on it. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah my grab. I was like, you know, I just wanted to like hear him talk shit to me, you know, 
just talked shit with him on the phone. It was, yeah, it was, and I, it was I fun. Some people hit me up like, yo, did you hear this? You hear that? You hear him on Stern. Like, he's nonstop. Sometimes yeah. I can't keep up with everything he's doing. My friends are like, yo, sure. you've seen that? Like, your mic's fucking... One day he'll be loved. The next minute he'll be dissing Janet Jackson on Twitter and he got called out by oh, that. Oh, he got big trouble for that, yeah. But anyway, no, shout out to Mike Rappaport. And dude, thank you so much for coming. Oh, I know yeah. you, I really appreciate you coming and being on the podcast. It means a lot to yeah, me. And fun. I appreciate everything you've done with music. Um, I'm honored to call you a friend. I'm proud of everything you've been to Bride, all the shit you've been through and, and everything you contributed to uh, to society. Cool, thank and, you, man. Um, it was nice talking to you. Right, it was fun. And so... Uh, well, can we look out for anything new coming? Are you working on a new record right now? Yeah, working on it. It'll, it'll probably come out uh, next year sometime around spring, springtime, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, just doing that and uh, chilling. Yeah, and I hope to go to run you with you someday. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's do it. All right, awesome. Thanks so much, Gina, for being here. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we might be back with a part two. You never know. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.